and welcome back, my scheming band of thieves, to Podcorn and a Movie. It's a podcast where we perform deep dives into different film categories, themes, and genres. And with the new year comes new miniseries. And so today we are starting a new one based on heists. Yes, heist films. And today to kick off things, we're covering the 1956 Hidden Gem Heist Extravaganza, The Killing. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. I'm your host, Stephen Dillard, with my co-hosts... Chase Lano. And David Gio. And uh, we are back <laughs> in the new year. Was this the first one of the new year? Did we did we finish it's off that? Te- so. Technically, yeah, we, did we did Glass Onion, but... You're right, you're right. Well, um, this one first feels... First series of Yeah, movies. it feels, yeah, it feels fresh, feels new. Um, I'm actually really, I know it was, I think it was the end of last episode. We, we finalized what we were going to do this month. And I, I was like, ah, heist movies. I don't know. I think that sounds pretty good. After watching this movie today, I'm like, dude, I can't wait to watch um, more so heist very movies. Excited. This is the perfect pick, but, uh, this is a bit of, uh, we, we, we got to credit Dave. Um, this mini series was uh, influenced by Dave's, uh, so this is kind of Dave's decision. I, I like it. Um, uh, we, we were, we were all kind of like throwing things out there, but nothing was really sticking. And then Dave's like, well, why don't we do, why don't we do heist movies? Cause we were trying, you know, we were like, what do we do action or do we do uh sci-fi? But yeah, I'm, I'm glad we, we settled in this one. This one's, this one's I exciting. feel like it was, it was, you know, mostly inspired by you though. It was, it was basically your, uh, curation of, um, murder mysteries that we did last year. That I just was like thinking to myself, like, what is a genre that like I feel that way about? That's not necessarily a genre, but like a subgenre. And I was like, I guess I love fucking heist movies. Like you, and I, you did I, like one of my early, earliest discussions with you. You did say that uh, in film school, but Chase, that like, that would next. be a, a, a dream to write. Would be a heist movie. I I, I was right. thinking of that. I'm like, me next. What are we gonna do? And then I figured it out. And I'm not even gonna Musicals. say it. No, no, I'm not even gonna say it. Bollywood. Yeah, I don't oh, know that. Man. Bollywood. Oh, no, we would go, dude. No, God. every <laughs> episode is gonna be four hours long. <laughs> dude, it's like an eight <laughs> hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so we had to pause it nine times, but. <laughs> So I do want to mention it um, just because uh, to to the audience, we were considering covering a different movie, which none of us, to my knowledge, watched. I think no. Dave, Dave saw it, right? I didn't, no. Oh, you I didn't? Because one of the ideas was that I like I, I liked how much in the murder mystery series uh, it was like discovery for me. Um, and I guess all of us, like there was one, right? Last of Sheila was the, and the ones that came out. Right, yeah, right. But there was, time. I guess, one that collectively we hadn't seen that had already existed. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, good way of phrasing that. And I kind of wanted to do that with this. Um, but I was also just like, well, I don't I don't want to, like, decide to do that as a podcast. And then we watch it and we're like, I guess there was a robbery in it. But, like, did any, you know. I think right. it's, it's, it, it's more interesting I, when it comes, like, later down the line of, like, our list. Like, I feel but, like we should have, like, a good baseline with something. That's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. This, and, to me, is the equivalent of, and then there were none. Like, this is, like. Yeah. And it has all the things that I want to be in a heist movie. Moving forward, I feel like this is a good template of, like, things done right. And I think the Asphalt Jungle would have been that, too. Um, 
and I'll probably watch that soon because I, you know, I'm going to, it's going to be like when we do like horror movies or whatever, I'll, I'll be you branch in. out, you branch yeah. out to other ones that you're like, Oh, well now that we're, cause I do that with every mini series we do. If it's, you know, if we're doing something, I know we, we all, yeah. we all have done that, but I was going to, um, yeah. Asphalt jungle was the one we were talking about, but that's 1950. Uh, but I wanted to, uh, I don't want to spoil it. We're not going to, I'm not going to release the list, but I do think that Dave has, uh, and Dave created a long list and then Chase and I, I guess, revised it or helped him break it down. But I think we have a very uh, carefully crafted list for, for you guys for this miniseries. Also, it'll be a, it'll be a bit of a uh, extended miniseries. Now it won't be over the course of a month. I think we're going to kind of stretch it out and uh, we're going to try to fit in. We don't want to make any promises, but maybe around 10 episodes. So uh, we're not, we haven't arrived on the, Final number, but uh, yeah, I think we've compiled a uh, again a, a broad list that kind of covers the whole genre and and what you're what you're going for, what you wanted to, what you wanted out of this, Dave. But, so yeah, excited. My this goal, is also sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say my goal today, by the end of this episode, is to do what we did for like murder mysteries and actually have come like, up with a sort of template. Yes, or have template, a list of like yeah. what what movies have each one. So I have like my book checklist. Have, yeah. I brought my whole yeah. huge leather notebook that I was going to write these lists down or at least like come up with like our baseline, which, yes. That's yeah, what. I feel like some things are going to be universal for all movies, but um, yeah. I feel like there's, uh, I don't know. It's like, I think there's like a major difference between like, heat where they're running down the streets, like shooting off like automatic weapons at cops compared to like a very slick stylized oceans, you know, like, yeah, I will, but I wanna... there's always like the putting together a team or something, you know, like stuff like that is there's always be the... the switch. Uh, there's always something yeah. that's yeah. I, uh, I do want to say one, uh, one, uh, I guess projection I have and I, I can't, cause I can't stop talking to chase about it, Dave. And I just have to mention it is it is on the list. Uh, is I can't wait to cover uh, Dog Day Afternoon. I just think that yes, yeah. uh, we watched it together, right? Not yes, the, it was yeah. You, yeah, you you and me. Um, one drunken night, I think. But uh, it was I fabulous movie, fabulous viewing. It was great viewing. Um, just I'm really excited about covering that one. I think I the, believe it's the only true story we're gonna yeah, do. Yeah, I was gonna say the intrigue of that one is it's like it's it happened, and when you I, I was telling Chase, I was like, when you see it, you're like, I just know Chase's reaction would be like, this this happened, and I'm like, yeah, this all of it, this is all yeah. really happened, but it's crazy. Anyway, let's get in the killing. Yeah, let's get into it. So right. um, I'm was I think I'm the only one that has never seen this movie before. I think right. you and you both have seen it with when you guys did your Kubricks, correct? We watched this together as well, right? See? Right. Okay. Correct. Uh yeah, you showed this to me, Dave. Uh you showed me This was this is definitely to me uh it's like I don't it's I don't know how to phrase it, but it's like a personal hidden gem where it's like every now and then you stumble upon a movie that no one has ever told you about and you're just like, and you're like this, this movie fucking movies. rocks. Like why is this not mentioned more? But it almost is like, you know, it's like a secret weapon to be like, Have you seen this? Like, you know, to show someone and this is always satisfying or even odder than that, Dave, is that you uh 
me being a self-proclaimed Kubrick fan, when I met you, this is one of the first ones you asked me. You're like, well, have you seen The Killing? And I'm like, what? Uh, I think I lied and told you I'd saw, uh, 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 which one was it? Uh, it's Barry the, Lyndon. Barry Lyndon is the one I lied about, but I had not seen The Killing uh, at all or even heard of it. And I think that's that's even more odd is that uh, you have a lot of, and, and if you speak to a lot of Kubrick fans, um, even a guy at work, I remember is, there's a guy at work, uh, a Jay, and I asked him because I told him about the podcast and I was like, I was like, yeah, we're covering another Kubrick, which I'm excited about because uh, I love Kubrick, favorite director. And I was like, The Killing. And he's like, The Killing? What is Killing? It's like nobody's ever heard of this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, there's not, you, you, you have to find I, an I, old head. Or I feel or, like a lot of people's idea of Stanley Kubrick is the, uh, is the Clockwork Orange 2001 and the shiny? Well, I'm trying to think of what they were. It was the Warner Brothers white DVD cases the, yes, that were like sold yes, at Walmart, and they all yes. had the same design. And like they were the, the book ones, yeah, the the with yes, the clip yeah. on the side, yeah. And uh, they only sold like yeah, like well, shiny well, even when Clockwork I, Orange. Uh, when I met you, I told you I was jacket. like. You were like, because uh, Dave knew more about Kubrick than I did, but I was sitting here trying to tell Dave I, I was a Kubrick, uh, the biggest fan. But I, I always said the Kubrick 6, and that was uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket, Eyes Wide Shut, The Shining, 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, Clockwork Warrant. Yeah, and it's it's the ones everybody knows. But, yeah, these, this, is, this is like, I feel like it's uh, the divide, Dave, is besides Dr. Strangelove, the divide is... Nobody really knows much about Stanley Kubrick's black and white movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I besides don't. Besides Doctor Strangelove, I, like I, and, and Lolita just, is black and white, right? Yeah, Lolita is but black and white. That's even right? again. That's not like your average person that knows the name Stanley Kubrick, as if it's like you know Steven Spielberg kind of way. Like he's a like a grand figure in cinema and with right. a huge legacy, but you don't necessarily know like he. You know, like my dad was surprised the other day when I told him he directed Spartacus. And that one's in color. Um, also, uh, the, uh, I guess if you watch it, if, if, if you watch his, yeah, I think it is. If you watch uh, his first film, Fear and Desire, which was his first cinematic film, he had like shorts before that. It feels like a student film. And yeah. uh, I think this movie, Dave, this is his third, because Third feature, right? Killer's Kiss came next, right? Truly squeaking by with these run times, considering calling them features. But uh, Killer's Kiss was second, though, right? Am I correct on that? Let me look. I want to look at the year, make sure I'm not um, wrong about that. But I was gonna. What I was gonna say is, there's a lot of uh, Killer's Kiss was before this. So you had Fear and Desire, which was. Let's see the year on that one. And 53, then you had Killer's Kiss, 55. The Killing was 56. And what I was going to say is that I feel like this is when Kubrick really got into his stride or, like, really came into stride because his previous two films, like, I like Killer's Kiss. It's got one of the craziest mannequin factory fights I've ever seen in my life. Um (laughs) <laughs> I don't even, with I'm gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that with no context. Yeah, because before it's, before it's it's the only move like that feels like an actual movie. Well, then he just like Dave, was, doesn't feel like a movie. If it does feel like a student film for sure, right? And then Dave, you see, like he goes on a tit like pass a glory 
uh, then Spartacus, then Lolita, then Dr. Strangelove, 2001. Like from that point on, from from the killing on is like movies that are talked about and will be talked about forever, forever, forever. The the Uh, killing, whether it even got the attention it deserved at the time, definitely is the reason he became who he is because right kurt douglas saw this movie and was like hey i really really like this movie i like this guy i want to work with him and he signed like a i think like a six movie deal with him or something that he later got out of after spartacus but this is where passive glory comes from it's where spartacus comes from and i feel like spartacus was basically his he hates that movie or hated that movie but it's his like Okay, you did Spartacus. You can probably do whatever you want now. And he's like, "All right, I'm gonna make Lolita." Uh, yeah, which was a weird follow up. But then his final seven are just so yeah. iconic. Like but, that's what I uh, think. Strange Love on is like what I think of Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah remember when I used to say this. That's my Kubrick six plus Barry Lyndon would make seven. I just didn't know Barry Lyndon at the time. But yeah, like that. The the final seven I think is what cemented him as one of the greatest directors and. Mm-hmm. In history, but uh, it's interesting to to trace it back because I just feel like so many Stanley Kubrick heads uh, or, or or people that are interested in in those movies don't know about this movie. Well, and what I mean, also, I would I would even argue that if that's still today. I mean, like I don't yes, know about I, you, I mean, Dave. I, I, did you have issues finding this movie? Because it's very tough to find. Steve and I they, spent a solid like. It. Well, Dave owns it. He yeah. has a Criterion Collection, which. Is a cool one because it has the killing and killer's kiss on it, if I'm not mistaken. It is on Pluto, though, I think. It wasn't. So you'd have to watch. Because I, I looked up on Pluto because I looked on Google and it said it was on Pluto. And it said Pluto. Okay. And it wasn't on there. I had to go uh, through Apple TV to rent it. Just wow. on Apple TV, nothing else. And uh, It's a quick flick, 84 minutes. It's a, it's yeah, a real quick it's flick. It's really but, quick. Um, dense. It's very dense. Yeah, very dense. Thinking, so I was thinking this movie's gonna fly by, but it almost doesn't. It feels like a the pacing you know, like is an very well. Forty five minutes. Yes. Um, the synopsis for those that maybe not familiar is just a uh, crook Johnny Clay assembles a five man team to plan and execute a daring racetrack robbery, and uh, I guess what that doesn't tell you is that uh, Johnny Clay has just gotten out. Um. I mean, how much time has elapsed? How much time are we thinking? I mean, like, is it like immediate, right? I think it's a few uh, weeks. A few weeks? No, no, it is immediate because it, he goes sees his girlfriend. Dave, yeah, confirmed. Yeah, but so because he sees his girlfriend, she's like, I can't believe it's been five years. Five years, right? Um, and you know what I think is interesting is that, uh, and and I watched, oh, Chase and I, we both watched some some recap videos, but it's something I noticed as well, and I'm glad somebody else did. Uh, the irony of like uh, Johnny Clay wanting to, uh, he's like, I want to do this one last heist, and I just want to be like a normal man and like live a live a life or whatever. And it's like you you just got out, and it's yeah. the irony of like, don't commit. You want to live yeah. a normal life by committing the ultimate crime, and it uh, it's like sad because it's like, I I think Johnny. Um, I don't think Johnny's like unlikable. I like I like yeah, Johnny. I, I, like I, Johnny. I think Johnny's like, the, like, the like, most to relate like, to. Yeah. I feel like yeah. yeah I guess yeah. he's supposed to be though, right? But yeah, he, yeah. he's my favorite character easily. Like him. Yeah, his meticulousness that, is what I love. Like, uh, I also I liked it in this movie. Someone to bring up I had written down was that uh, it was one of the first uses of uh, 
if if this movie well there's that but there's also um what Stanley Kubrick did, and this is just a tell of his genius before, like you're using black and white and you're already thinking of different ways to use black and white, but he was in a lot of scenes, Dave reminds me of Barry Lyndon instead of candlelight, he was using lamp light. So not studio lights, not overhead lights. Yeah, he tried a lot his of the shots is just lamp lights. Practical, yeah, practical lighting. lighting. Practical lighting. And, uh, and, and for some reason he was like, he looked at it and he thought like, that looks really, it gave it a unique feel and it's like if you compare it to other movies that are coming out in 1956, it's like it did look different, uh, yes. and it stood out. And uh, I think that's just so cool to be able to do that because you're 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 making a movie inside this box when that box is black and white, which is like you have so many restrictions because you have no color. So uh, to be able to make your movie stand out while filming in black and white within that box is just the tell of his creativity and his genius well it makes it it makes it easier for him too because it's like you're focusing more on the details not or you're focusing on like the substance not the details so like not like what's the color temperature like what is like even for like filming and story wise it's not important of like what they're wearing where they're it's it's all set yeah i don't know it gave it a personal touch to me too because like when they're telling the different stories of like why each uh, what's the incentive for each uh, member of this team to to rob the? And some of them have good intentions. So you got like you got like Mickey, terrible, like, Mick, yeah. or Mike or Mickey, who uh, his wife is ill and he's trying to help her out as much as he can. Then you have yeah. is it George see, Marvin, whoever the nerd guy is that is a oh, simp. George P. George George George. Yeah. He's trying to you know. Fall, have his man. wife fall in love with him, but yeah, which is his wife simp. is yeah, is a worse Sherry right? Petey. I yeah. thought he was, I thought when I forget when you hear her whole name, but I thought it was Sherry Miss Pee-Pee. Pee-Pee. <laughs> Yeah, I thought whoever said it was like Miss Peepee. Uh, um, and then you have uh, uh the, the police officer that's trying to pay off his bills or his debt. And then you that have and then you have Johnny who's just Mike? like. That's uh no, I thought Mike was uh Mike is the bartender. Mike is the bartender. Okay, so then I think Marvin is the cop. Yes, so Marvin is uh, the cop then. Then does anybody else does anybody else have a problem with the title of this movie? No, no, no. Marvin's the old the old man. The one yeah. that owns. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Unless like thought, it's like even if you called it the racetrack. It would have been better, but like well, it's based on a a novel named Clean Break, which I think is perfectly fine as a title. It's almost like a a misdirection too. Yes, I just don't I don't understand the reasoning behind the title, and it's like you also made this movie in 1956 where there were a plethora of titles that had never been yeah. used before. <laughs> so it's not I, like you didn't I bet have you, a lot at your disposal. Because <laughs> Kubrick was really still figuring out everything, like how to market stuff, how to get financing, everything. And I right. wonder if the title of the killing was just it draws you in. What's that about? The killing? Like but it is funny because, like, what would even in this movie be considered the I killing? Think, like, I think it's it's the shootout scene. I think it is the shootout scene because if anything, if you really think about it, the plan almost worked. It pretty much did work yeah, if they yeah, just yeah, waited yeah, another yeah. few minutes. And then snatch, the shootout dip, scene is snatch. when they completely go ape shit, where he just yeah. kills a, uh, fucking George, just kills everybody. 
He doesn't give a crap. He's just like, I'm, I'm too stressed so out. I, so I'm, then I started blasting. So well, just started so blasting. I also think that the violence slash, uh, like, at one point, you, you see bullet holes in somebody's face, and I'm like, this shit's George, stuff there, I think. He has a yeah. shotgun. Shotgun. Yeah. Uh, shrapnel in his yeah. face yeah and it's like the stuff you're showing is not the stuff i'm used to seeing from this period like in 1950 like the blood uh there's just like there's a there's a um this is very violent it's a mm -hmm. it feels like it's an r-rated 1956 movie before r rating was a thing well, and it feels like, really pulpy kind of like yeah. that scene that just feels like kind of a kid oh i just want to make this scene really bloody and this is like as much as he was allowed to do because you barely even see anything like it pans over and all of a sudden eight people right. are on the floor dead well but, it's interesting because right. it's like if you really look at like the actual like uh what is it the horse race casino or whatever the uh -huh. actual like area itself uh it's very like you can definitely tell it's all on a set and mm -hmm. i feel like it I don't know well, if they it's did just shoot me. on a racetrack. Well, um, yes, for some for, of for some of the actual shots of like the horse running and all that. But I mean, I feel like if you really watch the the contrast of seeing the heist happen, you're like, okay, this is definitely on like a soundstage. You can definitely tell that this is like, you know, a flat on like a wall and everything. But then you get like the actual violence that makes it kind of look more realistic. Mm -hmm. And like, I will even tell you right now. Doesn't look like a 56 movie. I feel like it looks like an 80s movie that just was filmed in black was shot and white. shot in black and white. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does look good. Um, I mean, at this point in time, black and white was, I was feel like, about perfected, to be out, but, yeah. Um, that's true. You're also getting to the... To, yeah, yeah, that's true. I get that. Yeah, like at this point, I, I, in the 50s, black and white is probably a financial decision rather than a artistic a decision. Yeah. Um, but I can, uh, I can see that. I mean, like I, I feel like George, he looks like, uh, oh, what's his name? Who's the actor's name? Sterling William, Hayden. William, is it William Macy? William Macy? Oh yeah. He, he gives me William, William Macy. Macy. I just felt like he the gives whole me someone time. Else and I can't put my finger on it. Um, I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, there's someone he looks like modern times. But the, what, the, the the bad guy, I, her well, boyfriend no, I, looked like Mark Ruffalo, and it was I driving like me George crazy. George Petey looks like, yes, dude. dude. I, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you brought it up, because I was wondering if you guys independently were like, yes. this guy's giving me real I was like, I'm like, this guy's just a young Mark Ruffalo, and I'm like, wait, this yeah. is the 50s. Um. So what did you think, Chase? Like watching it in general, your first time. I uh, I I really enjoyed it. Um, it's funny because I know we'll probably talk about this next or when the episode comes out, the one I'm going to talk about. But uh, uh -huh. it definitely gave me. It reminded me of Reservoir Dogs. Like it just. It's where it's, Quentin Tarantino drew his inspiration. It's, yeah, it's a major influence. I on feel it like for sure. it's definitely mm -hmm. it's the heist that we don't see in that movie. Spoilers mm -hmm. if you've never seen Reservoir Dogs, but uh, it's it's definitely awesome. Like I love seeing the actual heist go down, and then you finally realize, oh, they fucked up. And it's like yeah. seeing how they plot everything out perfectly, 
in their own heads, and it's like everything's going to plan until just one to two things screw it all up, like all up. And I don't know. I just I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I I really love how it's done in the sense that like we start the movie basically when the heist is happening, and then we go back and put all the pieces in place. So by the time we get to Sterling Hayden's part in the heist, everything has been set up for us so that like we're just watching him have to smoothly get away with the actual robbing of the racetrack. And, and it's I, just yes. I feel like such so well built. Like I the tension also, is so well built. And... I really like I don't know if it's just the plot device or editing, but I love how they uh they told each person's like part of the plan without like like a linear standpoint pretty much like it's like you watch one person's actions and then once their actions done yeah that's that's their part done and you just move on to the next person who did something 10 minutes ago or or 15 minutes beforehand like the whole passing around the box with the shotgun inside of it i loved that going to the train station but then after the train station goes to this area and then after this area it goes and it's just making it complicated but like on everyone else's part they go in and they're like oh someone else did the part already so it's like yes. everyone's in the exact mindset of we're doing this today no one's stopping anybody and I, I i love that it's kind of giving each each person more depth of there's no backing yeah. out now cuz i i would uh i i like where you're going with that because um, typically what I mean, and, and mostly I guess with the oceans movies is the best example I can draw where, uh, sometimes with heist movies, you get the, uh, we, 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 we heard, a, uh, a little podcast earlier, uh, that mentioned this, but that you don't always get backstory for all of the people that are on the team. You might, you might get yeah. like that, that quick, uh, that quick freeze frame on the character. And then it says their name. And it's like, he was born in Brooklyn. He used to steal, steal diamonds yeah. when he was 13 years old. Got, that got, job got locked up, like, got locked up when he was 18. He's been out for six, you know, whatever you get like a quick recap of their life or whatever. But in this movie, it feels more personal, a little bit more personal. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, maybe I'm just describing a Guy Ritchie film because I was I was trying to use a Jason yeah, I mean, uh, I immediately uh, thought of like the gentleman, so uh, like I get or, it. Or, or Snatch or yeah. something. I don't I don't know. I thought about uh, yeah, like Lockstock Snatch as potential heist movies, but I'm like, eh, yeah. they're too all over the place to like really focus on one heist. But but to piggyback off what Chase said, I, yeah, I, I agree, Chase. I do like that. Uh, we're giving everybody's. Uh, you're giving everybody's motive um and it's like they're not just your everyday run-of-the-mill like band of henchmen thieves like i i like the depth that every character has and again going back to the lighting uh, everything in this movie feels a little bit more personal like i i don't know i feel like i do i know these guys i know these guys i know what i know why they're doing what they're doing yeah it is kind of funny though because like I think their plan is absolutely absurd. I think it's cool. It's a yeah. It, but I mean, cool. like, could you imagine being like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna rob this place? It's like, what do we need? You're like, well, we need two distractions. We need one distraction <laughs> yeah. of you just beating up people and taking like cops to arrest you. And he's like, okay, I could do that. What about me? You need to shoot a horse. You need to like <laughs> like a race. assassinate a horse. Like, I think that's crazy. I was like, what? 
You're going to literally. like how the guys that probably have the craziest thing to do are getting paid like a the less. Like, yeah, they're like, whatever. oh, you're you getting 2700 Yeah. Yeah, they're not getting any shares of the actual heist. And they're de- definitely doing the craziest shit. Which I laughed at. Uh, I forget his name. Was it Johnny? Or no, who's the uh, who's the guy who shoots the horse? It's uh, it's like Nikki. Tony or, or Nikki. Thank you. And it's I like the whole like Nikki is so calm and collective. He's like, oh, this is gonna be easy. I'm gonna get away so fast. And Ollie, the the thing that screws him up is just being nice to that cop that let him go through. <laughs> if he didn't yeah. do that, then no one would just kept coming back and bothering him or. <laughs> Sabotaging him because. By the way, the, the said the, the way he persuades which, him. To, the well, that that, that yeah. I was but like, the okay. Way, the way he persuades him to pull the gate back, he's just like, "Come on, man." He's well, they war. Well, yeah, I, I kind of get the it. They both, they get, both yeah, they, connected on that level of their wounded soldiers. But it's also he wasn't a wounded soldier. Yeah, he just changed his tune so quick. He's like, "All right," he's like, "Now you just yeah. go move that gate," and he's like, "Oh, okay, all right." Well, yeah, it's yeah, probably because back. of the money too. Because to be honest, I don't know. We don't what, see how a much in his pocket. Well, yeah, well, but parking was parking was twenty five cents. Parking was twenty five cents. So if anything, he's like, "I just paid you three times for parking." So just let me into an empty lot. Right. I don't know. I, f- I feel like, if anything, it's like you probably slipped him a five, and that's like a billion dollars back then. It made me feel really sad, too, because I don't know. He's just like, obviously, this is the 50s, and the parking attendant wasn't used to I feel like he was like flattered that he wasn't treated poorly because like of the color of his he, skin. And, then he, and then he like goes to make friends with him, and he kind of basically, he doesn't say outright, like, no one treats me that way, but he basically is thanking him for his kindness and actually, you know, like engaging in conversation with him. And then he just drops the Edward to get him away. And it's just like, right. Oh. It's like, Oh, but I, I just love the irony of dropping the horseshoe. And that's like what ends up popping his tire. That's why he couldn't get away. That's just, I don't know. I do like that. Like, I don't know. Well I just written. feel like, well, well, yes. Uh, now well adapted, I guess for the screen, because yeah, this I wonder. A, I wonder how much is Kubrick and how much is in the actual book. So the question I have is, I don't know if it's just because of time and age or anything, and that we just get it way more nowadays for heist movies. But I feel like the shot where they're all finally at the the waiting, they're they're at the rendezvous point, uh-huh. and they're waiting for Johnny. And they're like, finally, the no one saw me throw it out. And they threw out the the thing out the window for the cop to take. I feel like that was supposed to be like a mind-blowing event where it's like, and no one saw us get away with it. Well, and they're like the trying to explain it. Like yeah. A little bit, it's like, ding, 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 and you're ding, like, you're like, like, was it not <laughs> obvious that they were going to do that? I thought, I thought they kind of set that up for like. With the window and everything. Yeah. Or with him parking. Uh, so, this is speak on the score. There's parts of this score that I like, and then there's other parts where I'm like, does every single like movie from like the 30s or even every piece of media from the 30s to the 50s that had any suspense has like that same weird ribbing, uh, yeah, like the ribbing, yeah, the, I don't know. There's like this riveting score piece, which I feel like Chase we saw a lot in the old Batman serials, yeah, and it's like the exact same. Like peace in in any black and white movie I've seen between 1930 and 1950. I was like, I feel like it they're just using recycled. Me. They're just using recycled. Well, um, 
Um, what do you guys think of, because in my thoughts, I'm like, the stuff in this movie that could use some shining up. Like, I feel like if he was more powerful at the time or, like, a more... He's only 28 years old when he makes this. Um, I know. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you're like, fuck you. (laughs) But, uh... I was like gonna say, oh, is the music could be a little bit better, like a little less cheesy and of the yes. times. Like it feels yes. like it's a television show from. It feels like it's the Twilight Zone or something. Thank you. Yeah, and yeah, the narration, which is something that Kubrick fought to not have in the movie. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not gonna like, lie. I thought the narration like, it when it first started. Not, I thought it was the radio, and I didn't understand. I was like, I, oh, this is narrate. Okay. It's, well, it's, again, it has that radio slash again or like Twilight Zone feel of like you know. This has been brought to you by, like, I don't know. It's just, uh, but how, I don't know. I think the narration is a little bit crucial at some points. Uh, Unless you would watch this and take away from it, like, I understand what I'm watching, but it is so vague. Like, you don't go into characters. You don't. Well, the only time that I feel like it's important is during the heist when they're just like, and Johnny, 20 minutes beforehand. Yes. And I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with this. This makes more sense of, like, giving me a piece of Title cards, maybe? I don't know. Like, what if you, like, I can't help thinking if that was made today, you would have shot the scene and then just had the little 20 minutes earlier. And That's what I'm saying. Honestly, I would have done I would have done what I would have done what Tarantino did in in uh Reservoir. It's just like sorry, I I pronounced that well, wrong the whole time, well, but that's hard to say because where it's like they're just Reservoir explaining does, it. doesn't exist without this movie. But but like that's he, what I'm saying is that's what I would do differently. Just like what Tarantino did is like Instead of having it narrating right. throughout the whole thing, have the characters tr- like explaining show it, giving that expectation. Yeah, giving yeah, that you expectation. Can, you can tell from like where they are, what the point in time is. You know, it's yes. before yeah. the heist yes. or whatever. You know, it's, like it's it's a it's it's an exercise in him trying to figure out how to tell a story. I think and doing it nonlinear is still, I think, a crazy. Ball, like, it's I, kind of ballsy. I can't think for someone. of a lot of movies. Even like pre nineties that really fuck with the format like that. Um, and another thing that he fought, like the studio that he uh, worked for or that made me made this for, uh, ended up recutting his original cut to put it in linear order. And it was apparently more confusing than it was in the first place. So they just reverted it back to this, like what we saw. I also read in the IMDb, and I was like, I thought that that was the case. And I'm wondering if there's any other uh, instances of this, but it was when it was talking about the narration, it said, despite the narration being wrong or, like, giving false information. Um, and the thing that I thought about was when Nikki gets shot, the narrator is like, Nikki died at 442 or whatever, you know, the time is. Um, and then later on in the radio, you hear that he was just wounded. What? I, I don't think it said it was wounded. It was just shot uh, man um, down. It just says man down. They, they used a word that wasn't wounded, but it wasn't uh, dead. 
and I'm trying to think of what the exact word is. Shot? Like, no, it was like he was shot and... I thought it said shot down in the parking lot. It didn't say, like, killed or anything. I think they he just... said he was vaguely wounded. I think vague was the word they used. Well, that's very vague. Um, yeah, yeah, but it was. I was like, oh, that's funny. Uh, I do. I, one thing I don't understand what Johnny was thinking. I know the whole plan was go back to the rendezvous point, separate the money, and then him and his gr- girlfriend would go to wherever they were going, Chicago or something. What? What were you thinking about getting a a very lazy, somewhat not secure case, and just putting a shit ton of money into it and being well, like, yeah, I, that that can go through customs. Like, that I can... feel like that case probably wasn't like cheap. It's just it was the wrong keys were given to him, which I think is funny because it was just like that. This whole thing would have gone off perfectly for him if. He, he was got given a... the proper keys at the place where he bought the suitcase, but he didn't check that until after he already put the money in. So he's like, these keys don't even fucking fit in the locks. Wow. Like, okay, I guess that's um, right. I just don't know. I just feel like that whole like suitcase scene where he's finally putting the money in, I'm like, that suitcase does not like it's going to hold well. Yeah. I'm like, I know that from looking it at closed it. closed when he actually yeah. closed it. So I was like, uh, I don't know. I would I wouldn't like if I was someone who just robbed a bank and I also just put like a used a flimsy thing, I don't feel confident enough to go on an airplane. Put a, put a fucking belt over it yeah. too, like something. Like but but again, he was in his mind he's like whatever, I'm taking this with me on the plane. Like I can make sure it doesn't open up. And yeah. He wasn't I get his I get his logic and it's what, like we don't what's know the dog's what the name? Uh, Oh, uh, it's a Sebastian. Sebastian? Sebastian. Uh, and that's definitely the, uh, wasn't anticipating Sebastian. He definitely was. I, I also like that scene because it seems such a, it's like, it feels like such an epic shot uh, of, of once he, once Sebastian. Such know, a mundane way to get fucked too. Like, it's just oh like. Oh my gosh. It's, and it's. So close to be, you know, like in the and clear. And I love that you watch. dog. Like you watch it. him just completely kind of just like I've given up. I, yeah. I'm done. Like there's and no point. Perfect. Yeah. It's it's like at the end when he's just she's like, run and he's like What's nah. the point? <laughs> what 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 I, logic. I think uh so one of my favorite things um in a heist movie or it's almost like a tell that it's like a like I'll end up really liking it is that it's not successful in the end, not successful for everyone, at least like that. It, it, it either goes poorly during the heist or afterwards or whatever. But, um, I think this movie possesses the, the biggest gut punch of like, that, like, I really feel like my stomach like drop when well, that money the, fell. Yeah. yeah when uh, the money exploded explodes into like yes. like a whirlwind of cash and it's just like you feel so hopeless and you're like damn it i wanted this it's, guy to get away with it um uh, i wanted to say like well both of both of what you were saying relates to what i was going to say baz lorman had a speech where he's like most of the things we worry about in life never happen it's often the things that occur on some idle tuesday that blindside us and it's it 
it refers to this, what happens. And this is like, he has gone through like what he thinks is like, he's gotten through the rough of it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a free man. Like this is, this is it. Okay. Whatever. I'll have them check the bag and put it under the plane, whatever. And it's, it, he never thought like, Oh, there's going to be some, Sebastian's going to come Sebastian. running in front of the, in front of the cart. And then the, the suitcase is going to tumble over, but it's, it's, it's that little, like what do you, I understand his, uh, his feeling of defeat in that moment. Cause he's just like, I, I've been through everything I've done. I did like, I didn't necessarily do everything right, but I was at the finish line and he's still like, why was he, he like, for why, something why was he like 15 minutes late again? Do we know traffic. just traffic? Yeah. I think okay. they say rush hour traffic or something. Um, but, uh, it's also like his planning is like why this happened. You know, like he did do everything right in a way. Like, I don't know. And, uh, and that's like one of the things I like about his character most is just how like particular and meticulous he is. About he is, everything. he is. Like, I love watching him in the scene where he's taking the gun out of the locker and just the way he's like opening up the box and taking the gun out and like laying the gun down taking he takes the mask and the gloves out and like slaps them down and then he like puts the lid of the box back on and then shoves in the walker and then he puts his gloves and the mask on and also one of the coolest cooler heist get-ups i think to exist um i think that mask is terrifying and i love it yeah and it's uh, definitely so uh uh i think homaged in the Dark Knight. Yes, like, I think Joker's mask at the beginning is is very, yeah very very similar to this mask. That um and Chase Chase said it. He was like, "This is this." He's like, "That is terrifying." But uh, the way it it's complemented by the black and white, uh, the fact yeah. that it's in black and white. But that mask is because it's a real weird. Uh, and I I I had one of these masks, and it was from. I doesn't have great eye holes. I feel like yeah, no, it doesn't, yeah. which it's, makes it look creepier. Like. Absolutely. It specifically reminds me of this mask. I went to a circus when I was young with my, my aunt took me. Um, and it was the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. And I remember uh, as we were leaving, uh, she's like, do you want anything? And I got this mask, which was like a half mask. And it was like, it just went over the front of your face and had a band that went over. Yeah, so you, know, you can actually your like your and it looked, and everything. It looked a lot like this mask is like a half mask. It's only half his face. So you can kind of see it's like, you can see his jaw, his jaw moving, but the front of the mask is just still. Yeah. And it just gives it a real creepy. And, it, and I think with the lighting too, and, and I don't think I'm some genius for, for noticing it. It's obviously it was intentional, but uh, just the lighting in that scene where he bursts through uh, is, is tense. It's scary. Um, he builds a lot of tension in this movie. Um, and I think we will probably dive more into this as we go, but um, about like what makes, what separates a great heist movie from just uh, running a the mediocre mill heist one? movie. Yeah. Um, and I think there's components that I like. And I think Dave said it once, but uh, I either like when, I either like there's two 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 versions. I like I like when they get away with it 
And I that's what it was about. Like I also like when they almost get away with it. Like everything goes as planned, and then like right at the end, just like some something that's unaccounted for. Like like Baz Luhrmann said, this is something that happens on some idle Tuesday you're not expecting. Uh, something crazy. I feel like only the oceans in our list. Do they get no, away? No, that's no, what I was. Inside. I was. No, I was about man. to say, no. like, inside in man. the town, I guess. Ben Affleck. Yeah. So, so uh, there's a couple, but uh, I, I just, uh, we'll, we'll explore, we'll explore down the line. But I'll uh, right away, like, as this being our baseline, like heist movie, I yeah. like that we started with one where he gets, like, he's at the airport. He's almost. He's almost there. He's just yeah. gotta get that bag on the plane. And so I guess it, there's like a that's like one of the major differences is if I had never seen this movie, I'm not, I I don't really know what to expect, whether or not they're going to get away with it. But if I'm watching any oceans movie, there's not a doubt in my mind. If I, if they, the, uh, I think Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie are doing an oceans movie that's coming out. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. They're going to get away with it. Works out in the end. That's part of the, the beauty of oceans movies though is at the end they seemingly didn't get away with it but then there's another rug pull where they're like actually dun, 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 that's what i would now, say is i feel like you tried to emulate that it's, yeah it's that well, soderbergh does it well like he does it with logan lucky as well which is you know like ocean 711 is why didn't well it's, why, it's, didn't, it's, why it's, don't we include that maybe we should consider it's that. a uh it's a technique it's a writing technique to to show uh, no, kind of not. like that that false victory or uh, yeah. uh fa- false failure and it's like it seems like and this is what I'm gonna be tempted to see throughout the the next few movies uh-huh. I feel like earlier heist movies it's typically that they fail the heist and that's the that's the false victory if they're almost there and then they end up not. And I think that the Oceans movies flip it on their head by showing you that they do it, but then they think they failed, and then the rug twist is finally that, nope, they actually had two plans. Well, I assume the original Oceans, probably, they get away with well, it, yes, right? but uh, I believe so. I've never seen um, the, the original. The original one? Maybe we should, I don't know. I don't I don't want to put too much on that one episode that's already going to be three movies, but um, also, I, Dave, I, I might ask you about the, the possibility like the, of the original watching of yeah covering um, the original maybe in that just never had any interest in it. I'm like I don't care. Me about neither. The, the rap, but I think now I might. I might. Um, something I want to bring up real quick uh, that we didn't mention before is that this film is often um, considered to be a noir. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, which uh, just and, further enrages me in the like, God, does that seem like the hardest genre to nail down? And, 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 and like Dave, I'm I'm right in the same boat with you because I've watched breakdown video after breakdown video, and I, and I have a couple YouTube uh, channels that I'm I'm like faithful to, and even and I swear every single person has the same breakdown where they're like, uh, there is so much like nuance and like like weird rules to like what a noir is like you can break yeah. down like 
basically what a noir and you you've done it dave where you're like there's a femme fatale there's a there's often an overcomplicated like subplot that comes into play like later and then there's like the detective doesn't doesn't normally actually win he typically kind of loses uh right am i oh yeah like there's like a it's like they're always uncovering some grand conspiracy and at the end right it just feels like they've really gone down too deep a hole and it's like not really a victory at all. Right. It's like they figured it out, but at like what cost it's like, it's either too late or it doesn't matter that they found out what this, but anyway, uh, I often, and I always think mystery has to be in there, but I guess not because this is definitely, I don't know. I, I guess it's dark themes, crime, usually, um, you know, a, a lead in a way that is compelling. Um, I guess I, the perfect I example of a noir is people always say Chinatown is like, the, I, yeah, is like I, the noir to reference. But Maltese uh, Falcon is always the, is another like, one. Yeah, Maltese um, Falcon. Which which? Uh, let me ask you this: Which one you like better? I've only seen both of them. No, I've seen Chinatown twice. I guess I've only seen Maltese once. Um, I think okay. I followed it more, and I okay. liked it. But I don't know China Chinatown. It's just. Yeah, we've we've discussed this. Before. It's a weird movie to break down because yeah. it's like you're. It's so good, but you don't even know why. You're yeah, like, <laughs> you're like I I know it's good. I like it. I enjoy it, but it's such a weird movie to break down. Anyway, um, I thought that was interesting because as I was researching the killing, and even you had said it before, that it's considered a noir. It's um, like if you look on the the Criterion box set, it's like Stanley Kubrick's noir classic or something like. And that. would you? Um, I mean, like, would you give a? Would you say Killer's Kiss falls in the same category? Because I feel like yeah, Killer's Kiss could so. be a noir as well. It so, almost fits better because uh, there is yeah, a mystery in Killer's Kiss. Right. It's like a femme fatale. Like, right, exactly. Um, um, and also, but, I want to say there's an epic fight in The Killing as well. That that bar fight to me is epic. It's crazy, Maurice, dude. Maurice yeah. is it Maurice? And he's, dude, well, the fact that he's just like taking on like seven guys is amazing. There were there were there were seven of them. I counted six. Um, sorry, that was a Batman Begins line. But Maurice uh, is taking on like seven guys. He uh, really fucks up. He's like, it's, yeah, it's he's really like, amazing. Well, like, like I, I, what does he hit? Like two people, and then the next two people that grab him rip his shirt from either end. Yeah, and he's just and a yes. hairy man. And it, it's just it like just reveals that he's you. actually a gorilla. And yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, he's just like. <laughs> Beats the shit out of everyone, like and then tossing it takes, people around. Takes nine of them to like restrain. Him. But one, uh, Bart, I don't know if you could speak for this chase, but that guy really fucking dude. That one bartender who just job. took his yeah. glass, he's like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah but, like that. Maybe I do that. I'm still behind the bar, but at the point where the guy is fighting six cops and I'm the not guy's going crawling up the, the bar, bar to yeah. Like, yeah, he keeps, no, like, no he's keeping way. up with the cops. He keeps fighting. And no it's just way. like, the bartender should just chill out. Um, and and, uh, and Ch- uh, I think it was funny because Chase was, Chase is following along well. And like, this is my third time watching the movie, but I'm sitting next to him. And I'm kind of like, I'm in and out, like, because I'm, I'm like looking at, I have realtor stuff I have to look at, but I'm like in and out of the movie, but I'm paying attention for the most part. And uh, he goes, he goes, oh boy, he goes, he goes, Maurice, he's like, you got to start a fight. But I don't think Chase was anticipating what the fight would be. Well, no, I was like, I'm like, what is this commotion? He goes, hey, I need another Irish beer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what? Down, and then all chaos ensues. But watching Chase's face 
while watching this bar fight ensue. Dude, I was like, I thought it was like two, three cops. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I'm like, dude, he keeps, I feel like he keeps looking at Johnny and Johnny's like, no, you need more. And he's like, fuck. He's just uh, like, I gotta uh, keep that, fighting I, these I, guys. I, I feel like I'm gonna butcher his name, but Maurice is played by Cola Quarani. And his IMDb picture is just him shirtless being oh held on gosh. to like, like six cops. I like to think that uh, uh, IMDb existed in like uh, like uh, raw form and like paper form <laughs> yeah. back in the day. And they just had like still Polaroids or whatever they had back then. And that was like, this is going to be that IMDb pick. It's but, actually uh, <laughs> kind of hilarious. The more I'm looking at this man's extremely hairy body, I'm like, this is his IMDb page. Like, it's just funny. Well, it's, but, uh, he's only he only did like three movies. He was a professional wrestler um, uh was he george because what i kept saying the whole time was uh he's an animal and i kept thinking george the animal steel who was a very hairy wrestler uh <laughs> but but anyway uh i wanted to say it reminds me of this fight choreography dave because we see it in killer's kiss where stanley kubrick films these long fight sequences and yeah. it is a pattern because you guys do you remember the long fight sequence from clockwork orange there is a like yeah yeah there is a major fight piece in Clockwork Orange between um, the the Groogs. Well, sorry, am I saying it right? What is Groogs. it? Groogs. Yes, and a rival gang, but they're like you know they're in this warehouse, and does there's have a the lot energy of, like, of both yes and Killer's Kiss. Yes, like, like yeah. very like like people flying and just like co- I guess like complex choreography and it, and it Clockwork Orange by that time like we've had enough like. Uh, fight choreography by then where it's like, I appreciate it, but I'm not surprised at this point. It's like, man, there's a lot of like, I guess in older films, a lot of focus is on, you may get like a sword fight or like some gunplay, but to have like an extended physical fight is, uh, I don't know. I appreciate it. I appreciate the fight choreography and just that scene because of the, the, I know the hassle of filming an action sequence now, and there's not many cuts in that scene. There's not. I mean, yeah. you'll shift the angle, but a lot of it is like you know he's there is he's like grabbing. one sped sped up frame. Yeah, there's like, I, like spinning. I, I and I'm like, it's yeah. Like I always think if you speed up frames, especially in a black and white older thing, I'm like Three Stooges. Like I just think of Three Stooges. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it does I get give you. you that vibe. <laughs> but it and still is of, uh, like this scene is amazing. I just think. A, he's just like a crazy man who's just getting paid up front to go cause a fight, and he really does a good job. Um, and he's just like, you know, I don't know. Did you guys have subtitles on, by the way? I yeah, had yeah, to. Absolutely. I couldn't understand Chase a word he said. Understand yeah. anything yeah. he said when he was saying goodbye, like before he left the chess club. Yeah, I was. was going I, to I told that to Steve. Heist. I was like, I'm like, thank God subtitles are a thing because yeah, I will tell you right I, now, cannot I, understand a word this guy is saying. I, it will, and we make that joke, uh, and it Constantly. never gets old. It will never but get when, old. Uh, or especially when they're speaking a foreign language, Chase will look at me and he'll go, are we supposed to understand what they're saying right now? <laughs> Dude, the funniest thing <laughs> happened to me uh, the other day. Uh, I was on Amazon Prime, and I watched um, Argentina 1985, which is one at the Globes for, like, best foreign film. Okay. Right. And in... Um, on Amazon, it just was playing no subtitles, English dub. So I like switched it to Spanish and then had to put the English subtitles on. Uh, 
and then finished that movie, enjoyed it, good movie. And then I started watching uh, the Liam Neeson movie, Memory. Um, and I, before the, like, Universal logo or whatever, whoever made that movie even came up, I went to the subtitles, shut the subtitles off, and switched it back to English. And then the first, like, five to ten minutes of that movie, characters are just speaking Spanish. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, is this right? Like, so then I, I switched from like I selected Spanish yes because I was like maybe if I select Spanish it's just getting confused they'll go back to English but then it was like someone speaking Spanish in a completely different voice dubbing it it was like oh nobody like and I was like okay that's not right and then I was like all right I guess like you're just not supposed to know dude they're not in America right now in, in the plot so like they're probably actually speaking Spanish and I'm not supposed to know what's happening because I put I like I put on subtitles and there was nothing uh, and then I shut the subtitles off and I'm like is this just messed up right now like what's going on and then Liam Neeson gets in his car and he sends a text message that's in English but then on the screen, their subtitles translating it into Spanish. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, and I still never understood what was happening. Like, why they gave subtitles. Dude, Spanish subtitles it's, for it's that. funny. I will always remember that Joel Haver video where I showed Steve yes. where it's just like, that's what I was referencing. Only yeah. a little. Like, it, dude, it's, it's the perfect video. Like, it really is. Subtitles have now taken up my life. Like, I, uh, well, I, I, I've spoken about it in the past. I'm just a big advocate for, uh, and I guess because I have, and I've recently taken it up again, but I have an interest in screenwriting. And like, when you, when you read, it doesn't distract me from the movie, no. uh, but when you read the dialogue and you understand like every word they're saying, because I think everybody in the movie theater can miss a, a word or seven depending on a person's accent or their tone or how steep they're speaking. Uh, so to be able to read it and like understand, you catch way else, more. You understand the plot yeah. more. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this is cause there's movies. I, I started I doing this. I know. I know. I know you can't. And it's like to each their own. Like it, I, I understand. Like I understand when people are like, it's distracting. I do like I to think of it as understand. like a great tool to use when I'm rewinding a scene five times and I'm like, what the fuck did that person say? What did they say? What did they say? And then I'm like, oh wait, I can just well click they, a button and read what they just said. Half the time I don't great. even focus on it. It's just if I need to, it's there. I can't not read I also, it. That's what it is. Once it's yeah. there, I'm reading it and I'm like, why am I reading this? I also I think that it's a great a useful tool in rewatches because there are movies I have seen 10, 12 times that I'll watch it with captions and I'll be like, I never realized that they said this at the, or like connected this to that. And I, I, I can't think of an example right off the bat, but I do remember watching clue for like the 10th or 11th time when I was a young kid and discovering captions and watching it on captions and being like, Oh my gosh, I just caught so much more that, I never caught before, and that was a long yeah. time ago. But, um, the killing. Uh, I, I also I, you said this was a a book, right? An adaptation. Is this his first adaptation, Stanley Kubrick? Because I know Lolita is uh, a book. I know Lolita is a book, so that's an, another adaptation. Dude, that's a and I also point. 
He's a big um, adaptation. 2001's a book. Yes. Shining's uh, a so book. That's why I'm like, I don't know if if uh, he if this is his first, and that's an interesting question I want to I ask. I wonder if I guess Barry gonna... Lyndon's a book. Clockwork uh, Orange is a book. Was... All right, let me just ask, what was Stanley Kubrick's first adaptation? Yeah. Barry Lyndon was a book. This is crazy. I didn't realize how many books, I guess. He's, he's a big he's, adapta- adapta- adaptator. Is that a word? Yeah, it's a he's word. probably um, one of the best to ever do it in that case. Killer's uh, I, Kiss is a uh, screen. It was written by him. So Okay, so yeah, so I just looked it up as well. Uh, the Killing Is, his first adaptation, um, which maybe he discovered, and, and this isn't a bad thing because he's my favorite director, uh, uh, maybe he discovered what Quentin Tarantino found is like that he can take a story that already exists and possibly make it better or yeah. like adapt, you know what I mean? And like, there's nothing wrong with that practice, but I think that, uh, what, what we just discovered is that some of his best works are adaptations. I just, of- Chut was inspired by, but not based on charm novel. In novel. Yeah. Cause that was like his, uh, self-proclaimed masterpiece. Uh, he yeah, said that I think he wanted to make that movie for since like the sixties or something. Like he was obsessed with that story. Um, yeah, the killing. I just I'm also glad, wanted I'm... to. I wanted to point out, uh, Nikki, uh, Timothy Carey is the actor's name. Is just a madman. Like he can read all sorts oh, of crazy my... stories about him, but he's in Kubrick's next film, Paths of Glory. And he faked his own kidnapping during the shooting of that movie and got fired afterwards. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, which is crazy because he's I, in it up until the very end of the movie. But I, I, I'm curious how they shot around that. But I, he, like, didn't get along with Kurt Douglas. He turned down The Godfather and then um, ended up working with Coppola on his next movie, what he did in between the two Godfathers, The Conversation. And then he just walked off set one day, like... Working with like some of the greatest directors and of all time, like, nah. and he's like, "Whatever, <laughs> go go shoot some horses." I also just want to say, uh, did we? And I want to, I want to double check that I'm right. This is a uh, only the second Kubrick we've ever covered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm glad we got uh, last. We're never gonna cover him again. Uh, <laughs> he is a th- now. He is one we we had discussed with. Um, we had discussed 2001 before. If but, we ever do uh, space, we'll most likely do, do that. 2001. If we, ever, if we ever do, like, war movies, we're definitely going to do. War or satire or, yeah. 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 Uh, I could also, yeah, satire, you got. We like, ever cover pervips, we're going to do Lolita. Lolita, we ever, oh, Jesus. <laughs> we ever cover boxing matches. Wherever, if we ever cover the genre of boxing matches with uh, mystery behind them and weird mannequin fights in factories. That's a very specific yep, genre, that, but we'll cover yep. Killer's Kiss. Um, it'll be the only one in that. We ever cover movies where there's a scene where one person proclaims his name, but then an entire group it says, of people no, I'm Spartacus. Their, we're going to watch two. Spartacus and Zorro. And, and V for Vendetta. Oh, <laughs> I just remembered... <laughs> The uh, Anthony Hopkins, Antonio Banderas, yes, Zorro. The, the legend. Just like, I'm Zorro. The, no, that's not, that's was that, was that's that the legend. legend or mask? That's the mask of Zorro. 
Uh, Legend. You seen the Mask of Zora? Legends, the second one. Yes, Legends yeah, is the did, second. Wait, one. Chase, you've seen Mask of Zora? Yeah, I just watched them this year. That's a great one. I don't know uh, why, but that's I watched a, both, and I was like, "Wow, these um, these movies are good." Does the first one hold up? I I remember not Dave, being remember, crazy about the. Second I liked one. the first. one. I don't like the second one. I don't the like the second one, one was eh. the second one was PG, which yeah. annoyed me. The first one, though, Dave. Um, I think you and I have had this conversation. That was like in the realm of like the Mummy when I was a kid. Like the Zor- yeah. Zor- like the Mask of Zora was like very entertaining. Like I was like, this is one of the greatest. I think it's uh, the first PG thirteen movie I ever saw in theaters. Um, nineteen ninety eight. That would be make sense. He's Batman. Mark Hamill you, is the favorite, favorite, second favorite uh, superhero. Do we want to do? Uh, do we want to do final thoughts? Do we feel like? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about yeah. the Mask of Zorro. If you, so. if yeah. you don't mind, <laughs> I I would like to go first because I want to start building our list. For this okay. month, but uh, I yeah, I've written down some traits that I feel like most m- most of these movies should probably have, and you tell me if I'm missing any. So this movie has, of course, typically in most of these, I feel like th- it's the last score. It's usually like, hey, this is the big one. This is yeah. this is it. I feel that's like that's always point. how it always starts. It's always, hey, yeah. it's the last big. Once one. Once I do this, I'm out. We're done. We're yeah. It's usually it's like we're done or. This is it. So I feel I, I put that down. I have you got the big twist of how they got away with it or what screwed them over. So it's like either if they pass or fail, which that's also on here as well. You got the yeah. plan scene. So of course you have like the scene. There's <laughs> I always get a why scene. You're saying that, but every single movie they're either gonna pass or fail. It's a guarantee. <laughs> it's a pa- it's a pass or fail guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That that's already a check mark on our list. So that's easy. Um. But uh, no, you got the plan scene where they they talk out what the plan is before it actually happens. Um, is there any other ones that this one shows that I feel like? I think it, abroad... I think a character. I think well, it, I like I think that it... we don't fully get what the entire plan is until it's being done, right? Like yeah. we never get the entire plan given to us. No, we do. We we get the we get the. There are two people. These guys are going to. Distract everybody, which is gonna make me slide in and get the money, and then we'll okay. we'll drop it off at this place, pick it up at a different time, and split it up. So I mean, like they do kind of explain it, but not in detail, like until the heist itself. Yeah, um, I like what you got going so far. Um, there's something about. I feel like one person uh, always has to either die or or. Be a snitch, a quote unquote snitch, or a, not a snitch, a um, a uh, the loose a cannon, or, or uh, what do you call it? A what's a guy that like weak a link, foil, fucking... a foil, um, no, like a betrayer. <laughs> what's a, the uh, word? Uh, a, a double cross, a double no cross. cross. Yes, a double cross is very common in heists for sure. Which this one does have. Yes, I can, I can think of a couple that actually have a double cross. Um, I mean, it has to have a venue, so you got, like, a horse race, which I feel like is a very, like, good place during yeah. this time, which yeah. we never see those now, but... 
Chase, do you think that, I, I don't know, do you both well, think Logan that there Lucky, should be... We're not going to watch it. Well, yeah. Logan uh, Lucky is, is a racetrack. racetrack, yeah. We were, um, there, there's got to be something about the cast of characters. Um, the intrigue of, like... Okay, so... Th- uh, a criminal underworld. Like, yeah. You're, you're picking from, like, that, that, like, the scene where Sterling Hayden is going to see... The gorilla man. It's just like they already know each other. There's something established. Same with Woody right. Dicky. It's like yeah, and you, you get know, that like in a lot of heist movies between them already. Yeah. Like right, you see that in a lot of heist movies. I feel like it's that it's like these guys are almost easily acceptable or, or, or accessible, not bitch, acceptable. These uh yeah, like the um whose car are we driving? Um. Uh, you, you can't ask me any questions, and you can never bring it up for the rest of our lives. Whose, Whose car, car are we taking? Whose car are we taking? Um, the main like, character I, is... I feel it's almost like... Hold on, I want to get this point yeah, out. Sorry, it's almost sorry. like comparable to, like, picking a picking your characters on a, on, a, uh, on a video game main screen. You're, like, picking your characters. You're like, who do I want to come on this heist with me? But there's something about... I like either it's the character freeze frame, like, getting to know each character... Or like knowing the character's background, or their incentive. There's some part of that in every heist movie that interests me. Like even in Ocean's Eleven, when you have eleven characters, I still am interested in why every single person is invested in this, uh, whether it be deeper, shallow reasoning. Um, I feel like we have to include that the the characters. In the criteria somehow, but I don't know well, how. No, I I, you know I agree with you. I you know it's hard because because it's like some movies may have more, some may have less, some may have skilled, some may not. Like I mean, just thinking about like Logan Lucky, even though that I don't I don't think that's on our list, but uh, it's not. I feel like I'm gonna. But keep I mean, like <laughs> Logan Lucky, if you really think about that, most of them are kind of like they're kind of dumb. Like they're smart to make a plan, but they're not really like master. Oceans. I would, I would argue oceans is also inside man. I would out uh, inside man is heist group. I would also at least Clive Owens character is an outlier. Um, but I do agree that, no, I, yeah, I see. think intelligence plays a part. A intelligence big part. definitely does. Yes, yes. but yeah, there's usually and, one guy that has the whole thing. In and it's usually our it's usually our main character. It's our main character is the yeah. one that is like or is Danny the smartest Ocean, or, or yeah. So or Sterling hated whatever. What would you say that like? Uh, heist. I don't want to say heist leader, but because. Yeah, I'll put like ringleader. You're front man. Ma- front man. Mastermind. Yeah, the front man. The front mastermind. man equals mastermind. That's what I'll do. The front mastermind. man would be your lead. Would be your lead singer of a band. But like, I like calling a front man because like they use that kind of terminology. I think in. Uh, I also I, I I said the you son of a bitch I made the uh, Rick and Morty joke. I I I'm, the episode's fine, but I hate how like they're. That like what Rick says about heist movies that they're all the same thing and they're generic. Even though we're coming up with a list of similarities, I think we'll find that it, it you won't. Can, you I already can know that a you genre could, yes. in so many different ways, even if they have you know formulaic things in it. Um, so for right now, for our traits, I feel like this is a good start at least until next time. But we got last mm-hmm. score, big twist, pass or fail. 
Plan Scene, Double Cross, Criminal, criminal Underworld, Frontman equals Mastermind. Yeah, yes, I like that. I like it. So what's your final thoughts then? So no, my final thoughts, uh, overall, with that, with, that, with that in mind, yes. Yeah. Uh, overall, I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought the pacing of it was pretty decent for 56. It was trying to be suspenseful and and like kind of like a thriller in a way. Uh, yeah. As a movie movie... I would probably give it a three and a half, a four. I really enjoy it, but I don't think it was like groundbreaking. Um, as a as a heist movie, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a four, and I'll explain why. I think that the actual heist itself, like their planning of it, you know, they do explain how this is something that's never been done before, but. I don't think they really thought in detail of exactly how they could get away with it. And they didn't prep themselves as much as they should. Uh, which ended up making this whole thing, you know, not work out. Uh, overall, I think they did a really good job. However, I just I feel like there was something missing somehow. I don't know what it was. It just felt like it was like a good movie. They failed, but it wasn't like... Oh, that that one tiny thing fucked you up. It was, it was mainly that shootout. That shootout after that shootout, you're like, yeah, oh, I think so heist itself went was successful. Have gone more went perfect. very well. Yeah. So I don't know. It just it for having that shootout kind of like destroy most of the plans already. It kind of feels kind of like a fake out in a way, but not really. So, but overall, I still enjoyed it, and I'm giving it a four. So, wait, I just want to get one more time. Your film rating is what? Three and a half? Three and a half. And then your uh, heist, heist is, a four? is a four. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll go next, if you don't mind, Dave. Um, That's fine. Uh, I, I like a lot of what Chase said. Uh, however, my rating is going to be a little different. That's fine. And um, <laughs> as a film, <clears throat> I got a little four and a half. Um and I will tell you why. Uh, as a Kubrick fan, um, Dave showed me this movie. I had not seen this movie. There was four, four, I think, of the 13 Kubricks that I had not seen before I met Dave. Dave uh, let me borrow all of his DVDs that I had not seen of the ones. And I this was, well, I watched this one with him. Um, and then watched Killer's Kiss, Lolita's. Spartacus and so there's five it's Spartacus and um Barry Lyndon by myself but uh when I watched this movie I was like this movie is very um and I'm biased so take it as you will uh innovative I feel like uh with the way he shot it uh the storytelling uh I haven't I'm not a big uh I guess I'm not a big connoisseur on the 50s of film but uh of the 50s movies and i looked through my list that are not on letterbox the ones that are on letterbox of just 50 movies that i've seen uh i, I looked through a list that was popular as 50s movies and this is one of my favorites um i really like uh the storytelling i really like the acting i give it four and a half if we're talking about heist i will give it a four and i'm with you chase on what on and i can probably help you with the what is missing and and 
for a heist movie, I think what is missing is style. And yeah. It's, just be- and it's not, it's not because it's not to say this movie isn't stylistic. However, when I look at the movies that are later on our, on our, on our docket that are, that are, that are queued up for later, I'm like, what are those movies? Why do I, why am I more excited about watching those movies than I am about a movie that was created by one of my favorite directors? Because I feel like a lot of the movies we have queued are really stylistic and exciting and they stand on the shoulders of what was created. But like Stanley Kubrick made this movie in 1956. So like the movies I'm excited about were made years later and are inspired by this movie. But I just think they took what was good about this and made it better. So I don't want to go all for the roof. I don't want to go for the ceiling Dave to explain because you're next. This is why I don't want to give this a five-star heist is because we got a lot of really yeah. good heist movies coming up. And I don't want to like set this as like, this is a five star. Then what, what is reservoir dogs? What is dog day afternoon? What is inside man? Like, I don't know. So I got to set it at a four because I think it, uh, yeah, style. And it's, it's also probably color. I don't know. Maybe colored heist movies. Heist movies in color are just more exciting and more riveting. I don't know. But yeah, so there you go. Four and a half movie, four star heist movie. It gave me what I wanted out of a heist movie. Good baseline. And Dave, take it away. And you stumped me with that because like, I do have to think about that. Yeah, like the future, I guess. Not that we can't like. Think about the future, Jack. Murder mysteries, we were given five stars left and right. I That's feel true. Like. Right, that was right. right. That's but why I don't want to do it. That's why I don't want to do we it. We did start with such a good template with murder we did. mysteries we did. of like everything you want to see in the future. So for this one, I, I, I'll i just say I've already have this as five stars on my letterbox. And I as, a that. Yeah, as a film? Yeah, as a film. Um. I just enjoy it so much. I think just like the fact that it's from 1956, I think it is oozing with style. So I kind of disagree okay, I, on that. Um, okay, okay. Uh, I, I can see what you mean in terms of maybe slickness. It could use Slick. a little bit more slickness. Word. Word. But that, I think that's a result of the times. Not only the times, but the uh, the means, like what Kubrick was dealing with. This is a very small budget. He barely got the funding for it. Um, and, you know, I think he did the best with what he had. And especially hearing that, like, the narration was added. Like, so this isn't even – he's not auteur Kubrick yet. Like, yeah. You know, he, he he's not kinda, giving that freedom yet. Exactly. Um but still, five out of five for me uh, for movie. But I guess I gotta really think about the whole moving forward, like a bit of like what what, what makes kind of... this just as good, if not better, than other ones. So I guess I'm gonna say I might go back on this by the end of the series. That's I might fine. Readjust this, but I'm gonna say a four and a half for okay. heist movies. Because of how influential it is, like it, you're right, you're right. I get like that. we wouldn't have one of my favorite movies of all times, Reservoir Dogs, without it. Um, I love that, like this, this like kind of adds to that lore of Tarantino as someone who picks off of other people's work. But since he's such a cinephile, like he could choose a movie like this that your average viewer doesn't even know exists. 
but he of course knows it exists because he's a cinephile and he loves Stanley Kubrick. So it's just like, hey, I'm gonna choose like one of his lesser known movies and make take pieces from it and make my first movie ever, which is a better heist movie than this. Um, maybe a better absolutely. Movie well. I, yeah. uh, and Dave, I love that 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 uh. And I think that I think we can all. I mean, I don't. I chase. I don't know where you stand on him, but I know me and Dave. It's cool to see one of our favorite directors emulate another oh, director um, of one, another favorite director. And for me, it's like it's a top five emulating a top five because Quentin Tarantino and Kubrick are both in my top five. So like later on. For Reservoir Dogs to, to be covering a movie in which one of you know, like if top five is covering the top five, that's that's uh it's cool it's cool to know like oh, okay like maybe my style makes sense because Quentin Tarantino obviously was greatly inspired by one of my other favorite directors. I don't know it's cool Even just it's like cool. little things like the the mask being an influence in the Dark Knight too because like obviously Nolan is no yes yes no one definitely like yeah. sometimes like dubbed the and, Kubrick of his time and, which I yeah because he's all about practical I, yeah I don't know if I um, agree with that either but I I think he's a good comparison but it, you know the Dark Knight starts as a heist movie homage mostly homaging to Heat Heat but um. But yeah, just like little things that you can see trickle down. This movie has an effect. Um, such a such a uh, I such think an... it's my gonna be my favorite ending though. So that's what makes me be like, should it be a five? Um, I don't think I will be yeah your favorite ending disappointed as this ending. It it's just so fucking simple and sweet and good. Like I know, but you know what? Um, and I'm gonna project here. And I, and I hope I'm wrong. I, I think I'm going to estimate because there's a couple movies in here I haven't seen. I'm yeah. going to guess that my favorite ending is Inside Man. I just think it's such a it's also such a satisfying ending. But yeah, we'll see. See, we'll I, see. I I I guess that's that's like the going to be the dividing line this month for me. Is it's just there's a magic trick element to heist movies that I don't need. Like, I don't get that through most of the ones that I will rank highest is not Oceans or Inside Man or whatever, where at the end they're like, like, this happened in front of your eyes, it's well thought out, and here's how we got away with it. And it's not, I don't think it's cheap at all because it literally, they... In the movies, they show you what they're doing in front of you, and there's like a sleight right. of hand. It's, it's right. like a murder mystery in its own way. Yes. Yeah. But that's not what draws me to heist movies, although I wanted to include those because they you can't talk about heist movies without those. I like the sloppiness of it. I like the, the you know, me too. Jeremy Renner running out of Fenway Park with the machine gun knowing he's not going to make it out. You know, like, that's the stuff I like in heist movies. Well, that's a really um, good one to bring up to the town, but, jeez. We'll be covering that. Yeah. I, know, I know, I know, I know. It's just, like, that's a scene I didn't even think about. Like, I don't know. That's But so that's what's really interesting about this month in general, because I think there is two different sides of the heist, um, and I lean on the grittier side. Uh, but also, I don't know. So that's why this one really, uh, I love it because it feels like a dark crime movie. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think next week is the only one I haven't seen 
which is the 1969 Italian job. And I think that leans on the the ocean side. Having seen the the remake, which I've never even fully seen, but I've seen enough. Of I it like the TV remake. Uh, I, I give it a three. Like um, if I've watched, yeah, it I've always enjoyed it. Like when yeah, I, it's one I of those know. movies as a kid when it was on, I was watching it. Like I just right. had never fully seen. I it. always thought it was a budget. Ocean's Eleven. That's what I thought of it. Yes, yeah. it's like a budget Ocean's. They're like, oh, they got Mark Wahlberg instead. Of yeah, I, yeah, and Charlie Snare. Yeah, I don't know. It was just that was literally what I was a kid. The like crux of like me confusing those two. Yeah, and then get the mini coops. I don't know. It was, but I mean, I'm very interested in seeing the original because from what I've heard, at least from um, a couple podcasters, and I haven't listened to a podcast about them, but I've heard people reference. Like, oh, you know, like the 1969 Italian job. And, like, uh, it seems like it has a general, like, from people that have seen it, well reception. Yeah. So um, I'm always thinking, too, if you remake a movie in the mid-thousands or you ever, had, it had to have been a success. the 60s success. or 70s, it was probably a good cult hit at the very right. least, you know? Right. Um, so I'm excited for that. And we all love ourselves some Michael Kine. Michael Kine. And Michael we've none, Kine. none of us are saying this Michael Kine. So. Michael Kine. Yeah, so I'm excited for a, a three nun scene because that it's been a while since that, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, all so right. Well, move on to some random. There we go. Some random. Yeah. Uh, I, personally, I don't have any random. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I. Steve I, is usually the good random guy. They just. Got up and walked away. I mean, the thing with random for me is, like, there's so much that I see throughout the day, I forget whether or not we've talked about it or not, or if it's important enough to talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to uh, think, uh, there was something just big just happened, wasn't there? Uh, like an announcement or something? Uh, I mean, something I well, can't... The- Go ahead. They ju- well, they just did the Netflix twenty twenty three. Um, oh yeah, which so, yeah. I was I was a little underwhelmed by. Uh, I, it's not like Netflix is always producing the biggest bangers, but I just remember last year their trailer for the coming year. It was like ended with Glass Onion, so yeah. it felt like really really a big deal. But there is some movies like um, Zack Snyder's movie about space. That I think was originally a Star Wars that just transferred over to this. Um, is coming out, and uh, Rebel David Moon. Fincher has a new movie. Yeah, yeah, Rebel Moon, and then David Fincher has a new movie, um, The Killing. <laughs> <laughs> the Killing. I, I, I think it is called The Killing. That's that I funny. Think about it. That's uh, really funny, actually. Maybe it's called The Killer. The Killer. Maybe. Yeah, it's the killer. So okay. with Michael Fassbender. Um, That's funny. And I feel like Fincher hasn't done like a a crime movie in a while. Um, I don't know. He hasn't he hasn't made that many movies in the last ten years. So I'm just excited about that in general. Um, um there was that. Uh, I Steve showed it to me because I didn't see it, but I wanted to ask you, Dave. Did you see a? Brendan Fraser's uh, speech the other night. Uh, yeah, I did watch it. Do you like I that? Liked it. I did too. Yeah, I uh, really want to watch the uh, round table that I keep seeing clips of. Of yeah, I just I um, uh, I saw the thumbnail for it yesterday and I didn't watch it. 
uh, is it is it what are they is it variety i think it is it's, uh, actors around I the think table it's i love those variety, so i used yeah. to watch them a lot but um uh, uh i just i just love the exchange that i keep seeing is between um brendan fraser and uh, um what's his Ki name Hui Kong. is that how you pronounce it K-Y-Kong. I, it's so, yeah it's short so. round uh is what i'll call it. but um mm-hmm. It's it's that he'll is that he says to um he says to Brendan Fraser that I I will always remember that like we saw each other many years ago and then you said we're still here or something like that yeah. we're still making uh, dreams I also like that he like said that, that yeah. I also like that he said that uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, yes. Was the first one that gave him a chance and to see. I don't know. That seeing was seeing so, him have a standing all, yeah, ovation. Uh, that was, was so big. Yeah. And, like, it's been Spielberg. really nice seeing both Frazier and and him have like this good. I mean, Frazier has definitely had a and, bigger I, I, career I, than him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And but, David, David, like you pointed out, like Brendan Frazier really hasn't gone away. It's yeah. like I think that people just he maybe faded from the spotlight. But it's yeah. like Dave's pointed out, like he's been working like forever. Like he just like people probably don't know what the projects were that he's been working on. But like Doom he's got, like, he doesn't really have that much of a gap. Like there's, you know, that he's been working. He's done some um, movies throughout the year, like the yeah, last. Yeah, just few faded. Years. I, I think he's just mm. faded from like the limelight. Like, yeah, it's just like, which, which I, I mean, it just annoys me because people, especially because the narrative that he was blacklisted after after not accusing coming out and saying that someone from the Hollywood foreign press, um, had assaulted him or molested him or something like that. Um, and people were like, Oh, you know, classic Hollywood, they, they blacklisted him because he came out and told the truth, which is he himself has said, that's not true at all. Like, and I see those comments on Instagram all the time of people just blindly saying that's why he hasn't been in movies. Right. And and it's that that rumor snowballs and it's really unfortunate, but I'm more okay with this narrative in general. I don't want to see like come anti him having a great comeback narrative because that's great to me. Like I, personally wasn't a fan of the whale but i loved his performance in it and i'm so okay with any award he gets like like anything from that movie that he Dave, wins like i'm cool with least favorite aradowski aradowski as of now it's the, the whale, whale i guess i don't know it, it, i'm you starting to think he's more of a complicated director than like then you but you always highly rate like if you look at your your blacks, your black swan. You've seen the fountain. I know you've seen. Uh, you haven't seen Pie the Wrestler, and what else? Just Pie and the Wrestler. And he's highly rated for all of your other films. But he's uh, always like a director that I I don't revisit, and I'm like, well, maybe like that was like really me looking inwardly with the whale, being like, I don't ever want to sit through this movie again. So like, do I really like it? Am I gonna rate it? Like, I don't know. I might have been too harsh on um, it with two and a half, but. Um, I uh, I just think with the have, two and a half, that's like that's like you won't even recommend it to anybody. Like that that's a that's where I'm like okay. I, I like, guess that's it's, a bit it's, rough. It's because I don't. If I you don't like it, that that's movie, fine. I wouldn't but... wish that movie upon anyone. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I, Zach loved it. You loved, I loved it. it. Like I know I'm not the like I'm probably on one side of fifty fifty there. Like I don't know. 
Maybe maybe it's less than maybe it's like seventy thirty and thirty percent don't like it. But I still want Steve to see it because Steve still yeah, hasn't yeah, seen it. Steve's the deciding factor. Yeah, that's how going. it's gonna be. Like that. I, what if I, I what I if I land in the that. middle? I land it like a, I, la- I land it like a three and a half. you bo- no. And if it's a three and a half, then it's like it's like a <laughs> midway. Know. That's but like okay. Then we're not all I do, crazy. I do have a little bit of a uh, random. Uh, if you guys. Uh, yeah, we were just saying that we, we don't really have any. Anything. Okay. You oh, always yeah. have the brand. Um, <laughs> so I thought this was just something I sent to Dave, and I, I also talked to Chase about it today when I read it. But it's something that's interesting I never thought about. Um, voice actor Don uh, LaFontaine, I believe that's how you, you say it. Uh, he narrated over 5,000 movie trailers, television ads, and video game trailers until he died in 2008. It's widely reported the movie trailer voice over industry like era died soon after that. Mm. And it's funny looking back because like I'll show Chase old movies he hasn't seen. And I mean, when I say when I say old, I mean like 90s movies he hasn't seen. And I have the DVDs and we'll pop them in and you'll often like have those voiceover trailers and we both get a kick out of it, but like not only a kick out of it, I actually enjoy some of them and it's obviously the same guy. It's Don. Um, but I never realized that like that they just era, faded away. that era of trailers doesn't really exist. Like you Would don't it get... seem really weird to you if you watched I don't want to say like Ant Man because those are like so franchised. Well, because they still use they still use the title cards. Like every trailer still uses when one man has nothing left to lose. You know, whatever. It's in a world where one man like Thor: Love and Thunder even did it, where he's like, "It's time to find out who I am," and then it's like all heroes have a purpose, or, or, or not all gods have a plan, or whatever. It's like they still use that, but. Yeah, you don't, and it's something that's funny because like we've we've literally sat through and watched trailers together. That was like a thing we did. Like yeah. the boys back at Full Sail, there'd be nights where we were like, "Oh, we don't know what to watch anymore." You guys want to watch old movie trailers? Yeah, and we, we went through we that whole like two hour. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't even uh, even in that, collect the eighties, even in that, even in that moment. I don't I don't think I realized, and I'll quote. Uh, I'll quote uh, what's his name from the office? Uh, who who plays uh, Ed uh, Ed Helms? Who does he play? Andy. 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 I'll quote Andy. Uh, he's like, I wish there was a way to realize you oh, were in the good old good times time. yeah. uh, when you're in the good old times. But it's like I don't think I realized that like thought, the good old yeah. times was like when I was in high school, like 2008, Dark Knight times was about probably the last of the voiceover trailers I ever got. Because I think Tropic Thunder had a voiceover trailer. I could be mistaken. I think but, you're right. Tropic uh, yeah. Thunder definitely did, but they were... I almost like, feel like the guy you're talking about is in Tropic Thunder at the beginning of the movie. He might even... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the one doing the... the. Uh, the but anyway, RIP to him. I know he's been dead for, for a while, quite some time um, now, but... Well, uh, since this interests you, uh, there is a movie called in a world that I have never seen, but I remember my parents watched it when it came out and I just didn't sit down and watch it with them. Uh, but it's called in a world where, um, do you know who Lake Bell is? Yes. Uh, her, she's the son of this guy, Sam Soto, uh, played okay. by F- Fred Melamed. Melamed. You would recognize he's just, he's an absolute character actor. You'd be like, Oh, I seen him in Familiar a thousand face. things. Can't name yeah. one. Um, 
he is playing the inner world guy, and I think he passed oh, away. Oh, no way. No way. And she it's Like an is, autobiography? She is, like, given, like, the the mantle, like, of her. She has to start doing the voiceovers for trailers or whatever. But I've always wanted to see that movie um, and haven't thought about it in so long until you sent me that thing today. Well, thank you, because uh, I also – I it, it's heartbreaking because it's, like, one of the instances where, like – you don't realize how instrumental like yeah. somebody was in your childhood until you're like, Oh, you don't hear that guy anymore. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Like I didn't even know that guy's name. I had no idea who that guy was anyway. So move what past a great that name to Don LaFontaine. La- 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 yeah. yeah. So the big news I have is just, uh, is, um, and obviously I'm a fanatic of the franchise uh, is the scream, all the scream news and scream, Scream 6 trailer drops tomorrow, which will tell us a lot about the movie. But I'm excited because I think that they have a clever marketing campaign so far. And I don't know if you've been following it, but they released like a crossword puzzle with hints. And it's like one of their posters is a literal blank crossword puzzle, which I think is just interesting because it's like some people are complaining. They're like, they're like, this is a horrible marketing campaign. Is it? No. Because you know what Scream 2 advertised as? As Scream, when Scream 1 was, because Scream 2, this is following the same trajectory that Scream did, to, Scream 2 did to Scream 1. And that's Scream 2 came out like 13 months after Scream 1. It was almost immediately greenlit after Scream 1 was dropped. There was little advertising. The only advertising it had was the name Scream 2, which was more than enough to draw people to the theaters. And like, I don't think that one was as commercially success. I think the worst one was three. I don't know where scream two falls, but um, I don't think they need to do much advertising because it's like you put scream six, like scream five was financially successful and profitable in a time where COVID was still like, this is the beginning of last year. Yeah. It was like, yeah, things were just continuing, like just returning to a bit of normalcy, I guess. So like, I don't feel like you need to go over the top with advertising for this movie. And uh, we're also just so fucking crazy with scream, especially we've talked about this, but to me, scream is one of the only slasher horror franchises that can stand that continued on, success. Yes, it, it it it. There's been no point where I say, okay, I'm out. You know, like there, I yeah. I love all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but I I think Some I was, you're out. Support you're out. You're like, well, th- that's uh, well, also like, out, but it's like I, I went back and watched those. They're like a novelty to me. Like they feel like, oh, I'm just watching the next in a slasher franchise. But if I was watching them actively in theaters throughout the 80s and 90s, I'd be like, this is fucking stupid. They jumped the shark a long time ago. I don't right. think Scream has ever jumped the shark. No. So to read people being like, oh, my God, like, really? Like, they're doing this? It's like, bro, like, either don't see any of the Screams or, like, I don't know. Get on board because they they haven't they made haven't like a made a bad movie. Yeah, it's, it, so. it's like even the people that hate like even the people that hate three went to see four. Yeah, like it's like nobody was like you said, Dave. Nobody was like that. Didn't kill it. There, I have tons of issues with and, three, but and it's there's, still there's, a passable scream movie. There's for also sure. there's also a, a wild group out there, me included, that love three. So, but but uh, I also. 
I think that, yeah, like they, like Dave said, until they give us a reason to doubt them, yeah, I don't have a reason the, to. The like, only argument I could see is if you're someone that's like, no, one is the best and none of them are good past that. Because it's like it's like saying Jaws is the best and none of them are good past that. But I'm not comparing the Jaws screen sequels to the Scream sequels. No. Right, 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 right. And also, uh, what, what I, I will, uh, and I'll finalize on the Scream news, but I'm excited about that tomorrow. I like their clever advertising. They had the, also they had the, the subway mapped uh, it was a map of the New York subway line, but it was like everything was color coordinated to the names of the victims from the movies prior. Yeah, you have to check. It's cool, but um, I uh, I like. Oh gosh, where was I going with this uh, advertising uh, campaign? Um, ambiguousness. Uh, oh man, I had a point I was gonna make. Boys, help me out here. What I don't I know what about? your point is. What was I just talking about before the poster? Uh, I'm pretty sure I have no idea. (laughs) I did have a like solid point that I wanted to circle back. You're revving up on just the fact that. Are you going to talk about the people complaining about the whole gun shotgun? Yeah. The shotgun was something we can talk about. Uh, I do think that people are overreacting to that new, uh, New genre, new rules. Man, I can't remember. This is gonna bother me. Whatever, we'll move You're past. Listen it. to the episode and remember. <laughs> I know, I know. Even cut I know. me off, right? What I was no, no, it, it wasn't even you. I should have had it. I had it in my mind the whole time, but then I went off on a on a rant. But I'm excited for it coming up. Kevin Williamson also um, said that he feels like it's fresh um, to the franchise, and it's like. Also, it repeats the same pattern of like, if you look, there is a pattern in Scream. And that's the first movie takes place in Woodsboro. Where's the second movie take place? Outside of Woodsboro. Third movie, outside of Woodsboro. Where's the fourth movie? Back in Woodsboro. Where's the fifth movie? In Woodsboro. So the sixth movie should take place outside of Woodsboro because it makes it three and three. It makes it three and three. No, that three log- movies. That, that three logic. Movies the last movie should have been outside of Woodsboro. Well, no, no, I'm just saying that. That's right. I, I have an issue with this new franchise of Scream that they just seemingly don't want to acknowledge four existed. It's fucking awesome. Like they're just like, yeah, Scream was the first one, and now Scream Six is the second one. And I'm like, no, if this, this is a new trilogy. That four would have been the first one. Well, well, Kirby's coming know. back though, Dave. So I guess four can always be looked at as like the middle installment between trilogies. Is how I'm gonna look at it. So. And I'm excited uh, Kirby's coming back. Yeah, absolutely. It better no, not I, be like a dumb cameo that she dies right away. But I don't think it will be. I <laughs> haven't watched this. I know you guys have, but I think this movie's going to get the Wednesday bump as well. It probably will. I feel it, like 100% people will. didn't yeah. know Jenna Ortega in the last movie. Um, I mean, I guess younger audiences know her from... Is she on Nickelodeon or Disney? She was a have no child idea. star, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, but definitely yeah, after Wednesday, I didn't really it's know who she be, was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that people would go specifically to see her. Like that's how big of a star she's become from Wednesday. Um, I guess the final, I, and I don't remember what the initial point I wanted to make, but I guess my my thought is uh, the same thing I brought up before. And this is the final thought on it, but it's not what I wanted to originally say. But 
what is going to be the theme of this movie? Because like I said, the first one's just a play on horror movies. The second one's a play on sequels. Third one's a play on trilogies. The fourth one's a play on words. Um, I don't no, know. what's the fourth one, Dave? We said this was like a reboots. Reboots. Fifth one is requels or like legacy sequels. So like, what is your game for the sixth one? I don't know, but I mean, again, I trust them. I trust. I trust them. I don't know. Like, I almost don't want this commentary, but it's like the absurdity of the sixth movie in a slasher franchise you know i don't know what that is how you define that but i don't want it to be overly absurd but if somehow they can come up with a good meta well-written way to do that um um something i also feel like his mask looks a little different oh so what i was gonna say yeah his so not not again not what i wanted but yeah his mask is weathered which is leading a lot of people to go into conspiracy some conspiracy theories because the original plot for the third movie was supposed to be that Stu was op- was orchestrating the murders from prison that he yes. had survived and that he was doing like some law-abiding citizen Gerard Butler stuff um orchestrating the murders from the outside and some so so people some people are speculating that he can make a comeback because the mask is uh weathered and they're like why would he be wearing like a torn old mask? It's got to be like an old killer, right? Who's the only one that could have survived? Stu. Yeah. You know, you know something interesting about this franchise? Correct me if I'm wrong, but they have never used a person from a previous movie as the killer. I know what twice. I was going to say. No, I know what I was going to like say. Like the second one, it's no one from the first movie, correct? Third ah. one, no one from the first movie or, or second movie. Fourth one, it's no one from any of the movies beforehand. And then the fifth one, it's no one from the movies before. Well, I mean, technically... You can can guarantee that the cast from a previous movie are not the killers. Oh, my God, Dave. Oh, my gosh. All right, and I also remember what I was going to say. Here we go. We came full circle. There we go. What differentiates this uh, franchise from other horror franchises for me is that every every entry no every whatever happens in every entry whether you as an individual individual like it or not matters to me because i feel like it's permanent it everything affects that, the legacy in the yes world. Like yes it, in universe it's it's now lore in the scream world yeah yes and dave just said it perfectly so like What's different than that from like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, is that you have all these branch offs and all yeah. these like different like storylines and like they pick and choose what they yeah. want. To yeah, and you have like Jason, you, you literally have Jason being like literally dying, a, a, a mad father of a victim taking over as Jason, then Jason being resurrected. You have Michael Myers and all these break off like tangents and universes and it's like but with scream every entry counts and every entry matters and builds towards that like legacy what what dave just said it perfectly but that's what i thank god thank god we got that out of the way but yeah that's what i wanted to mention yes and i guess that's why go ahead sorry 
Is Go this ahead, what no. you were trying to think of too? Is that yes, 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 absolutely. This is this also is the first Sydney-less one, correct? Yes, this will be the first Sydney-less. <laughs> which I'm okay with. I can't with. even say it. Which now. I'm okay with it's, because it's because word. because hey, the uh, the probability in a realistic world, which is what we live in, and scream of Sydney going through this six times. Okay, I'm okay with her sitting this one out. I'm okay with her not being in this. Courtney one. Cox is dead. I think so. That's all I got for random, but I'm, that went on a lot. Be I'm, like, I'm coming, Dewey. Dave, I think that if anything <laughs> taught us that, like the last one, is that uh, the rules are off. Like we saw things in the last movie which we liked uh, that it out we had just not. The cast. It's Tony Revolori. So did I, and I I said I said the first time I saw the caster Scream four, I was like, man, my eyes tell me it's Rory Culkin, and then it, well, he was one of yes. them. But like, uh, and then fifth one, you I believe Dave, you did say my eyes tell me it's Jack Quaid just because he was in the boys, and it's like un. I want to say you and I had this conversation before the movie, like months before the movie premiered, where you were like. I, my eyes tell me Jack Quaid just because it'd be weird because he was like, he's such a good guy in the boys. Yeah. And then you just, we went past it. I thought he was so obvious though, actually right. going into it that he wasn't, you know, it's what we talk about in the murder. But yes, but I, I, Tony too Rivio, obvious yes. to be the actual guy. And then he was. So in this movie, it's going to be his mother. Right. And Tony Revoli. And, to, and Tony, Re, and Tony yeah. Revoli. Yes. All right, but uh, all right, we want to get into what we what we've been watching. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I've not really I, I I to be honest, this is where I'm I'm now stuck because I don't know what we talked about last time. I think I think I mentioned Stargate last time. I mean, we just recorded like a what a week no, ago. It's been a while. I've watched like ten movies since we last recorded. I love that, Dave. Oh, I now I'm that. confused because I, I, I don't I, know where I'm at. Too, so I'm interested in a couple of them. Well, um, at least from where I'm at, I watched Amsterdam finally. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah give me your, that. give me, your, give me your that, give me that, Chase. I'll hear, tell you. You didn't even tell me. You didn't even tell me. You're like, I'll save it. Uh, okay, so with Amsterdam, I, I see where where you kind of got lost with it, Dave, because it took me three days to finish it. I just. <laughs> It was one of those things you turn it on and I've I, it's very rarely that a movie will do it for me is where you're just like you're watching it and you're kind of like why why do I really need this like I'm not really like the the actual like story isn't anything that great to follow along with it's not really like it's not like there's any stakes so I kind of don't give a shit even though it's like there being like almost attempted murder and all that. I don't know. It, 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 it left me kind of weird. I've never really felt this weird about a movie. Um, I, I don't know. How do you, you explain it, it Dave? I, I, it? I didn't even rate it, dude. I'd probably give it uh, probably. I noticed well, you Dave... don't rate a lot of movies. Uh, no, 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 no. Let me rephrase because this is where I've done. I, so I've done Letterbox very differently than I, both of you. I don't know if it's because my phone. Has a different way of doing it. Because he's Android, Dave. So anytime I press log, it it will I I don't rate it because I press the log once I put it on my list. And then I rate it afterwards. But I've realized 
when I do that, when it posts it, when it says it or shows it to you guys, it doesn't show any rating, even no, though I've rated Chase, everything. Also, I think Chase, you're, uh, and it's not a bad thing, but if you, uh, you're, you're, what I think of as a, uh, as a, as a post discussion rater. Is that you don't I am. know I quite talk. what to rate it. I have you to, to wait. I have to talk about it, talk and it I have to yeah to rate it, which is not I a mean, bad thing. I, I think it. I it, honestly read a lot of reviews. Sometimes, if I really don't know how I feel about a movie, I'll read reviews because that's like getting my discussion out. Like it's, I'm hearing opinions. You know what I will do a lot if it's a movie that I absolutely don't know. If I'm on the line of if it's good or bad, is I'll look at the highest reviews and then, look and then at I'll the look lowest. at the lowest reviews and kind of see who I agree with more. Like how well, how many of these points do I agree with? Halfway through last year, I start I stopped really giving a shit about rating stuff, and yeah. it it really kind of affected me. Where I'm like, I need to rate everything. So this year, I've rated everything I've watched except Amsterdam. I think that's the only one I haven't rated. So rating when you year? watch as many movies as you guys watched last year becomes oh, it becomes tedious. hard, so dude. tough. So then, like, like, also, like this year, flux, I've been doing it. Fluxed my ratings. It like it like it, yeah, uh, screwed you up a bit. Well, yeah, because I, I it was like Dave. I I set my criteria by Dave, and it's not because it's not like I, I Dave with Dave's logical explanation of rating something one through five is what I base it off of, but it's hard because there's so many two and a half star movies that I would like to recommend to people, but I'm like, there is just something about it that like, I feel like you wouldn't like, so I don't want to recommend it, but a three star is a recommendation to me, but I watched a lot of two and a half star movies last yeah. year. A lot, like those. Probably I feel like, like end up. I think three like star is like some of the most like could be an excellent, well known movie. To could be like could be a fun every movie single Liam Neeson movie. Yeah. I'm gonna watch is gonna right. be three stars. So it's like I'm gonna almost right. <laughs> I feel like a but, majority of like the movies that I rate are typically around a three, a three and a half, and a four. Those right. are like the you can three look at ratings. your average. It's probably average. I, my average you know is probably what, a three funny, and a half or a what's four. Funny, you know what Dave's is, and you know what mine is, and I think yours is too. It's four, four. Yeah, yeah. Mine uh, used to have a way, way crazy scale with five, though, and I'm glad I've tamed it a little bit. Well, yeah, but that, I think that starts out when you're using the app at first. You're yeah. you're logging movies you're impressed with, which I I want to um. Real War quick, is like the best rating to give something. It's it is. really good. It's, that means yes. Um, four and a half I, is, yeah, is I, near perfect. Perfect. Five four is, perfect. is like the. This is great. I'm excited about this movie. It was really good. Right. Um, That's why I give so many three and a halves too. Because I'm like, four is just. I personally wish Letterbox was at a ten. I do things. too. I feel they like it would make it things. so yeah, much I mean, easier. But I mean, like if you think about it though, like you, I mean, like you. We are given like what ten different ratings to give something. It is yeah, like but it is hard because one, one, those yeah, halves, um, dude, can really affect stuff. things. Yeah, a but, three and a half is a seventy compared to a three is a sixty. That's like a big difference. It is. Um, You're right. Um, uh, I wanted to. I wanted. Uh, go ahead, Chase. Well, I just Sorry. wanted to finish my list. I only said Sorry. one movie. Go ahead. Uh, but <laughs> you also said you. You also said you hadn't watched much. 
Well, I, the, I, I said I didn't know where we last talked about because I've watched so so far this year. I'm already ahead of this year by like almost a week. But uh, I watched The Vanishing, which uh, was kind of like, you know, 2018 Lighthouse. Even though Lighthouse was what, 2019? Yes. So it was like Vanishing. a movie. It was a movie with uh, uh, Gerard Butler. Uh, okay. It's pretty much like The Lighthouse in a, it in its own way, and I I was I I liked it a lot, so I gave it a three and a half. But uh, watch that. Gerard Butler is kind of like Liam Neeson to me. Where yeah, it's like kind I'm of like a hit or a miss half the time. Three stars because yeah. he's just a solid like. You know, what? I'm gonna go see Plane in theaters most likely. I dude, I actually think Plane looks pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it looks like an enjoyable action movie, which I don't know how much of those we get anymore. One of like, my, we get more prestige, high level John yes. Wick action, but I'm talking like, you know, one of my buddies. He watched action. the trailer. and He's like, "That looks so stupid." I'm like, "No, it doesn't." What are you talking about? That actually kind of looks badass. I've seen the trailer three times in theaters, and every single time "Plane" comes up as the title, people start cracking up, laughing. Like, hey, what do you want it to be called? That huh? plane crash? <laughs> the crash? Come on. <laughs> it is a really stupid title. It is. It is. It, it is. is. Amazing. Uh, and then, like, I guess that's it. If if from what if we didn't talk about, I, I watched Armageddon, Stargate, uh, Day Before Tomorrow, Murder Mystery, yeah. Along Called Polly. Uh, I don't know if we've talked hey, about you all didn't those. Mention any of those? Did you hey, like Armageddon? Blue. It blew my mind. Loved it. <laughs> that Chase had not seen Armageddon. And his reasoning made me want to think about all the 90s movies that he potentially hasn't Dude, seen. Dude, that's what because this year has been thus far, is just watching said, movies well, I've no, never no, watched. I had to explain to Chase. I was like, Chase, there is a Criterion collection of DVD Armageddon. of Armageddon. And Chase is like, well, I always heard that it was like, Stupid, and I was like, if there is ever a stupid movie you should watch, it's Armageddon. It's Armageddon. Well, I think Michael like, Bay is, is the master of that. He's yeah, a yeah, stupid like, filmmaker. Yes, makes big boom boom explosions yeah. look good. Yeah. No, I, I, but, but dude, it was, it was one of those things that Armageddon's like, got heart. Armageddon's got heart. It's that one of my one of let me admit this to you. I've never seen Armageddon not on television. I wow, most likely okay. have seen every single scene of the movie multiple times, but I've never start to finish watched it. Um, you need to do that. You I was I'm gonna get the Criterion because I hear it's Ben Affleck's commentary is one of the great commentaries to ever exist. That's actually kind of cool. I'd watch it with you. I, we'll I would do that. Do that. Do that. I think we'll that's that. where we'll the story that. of him of him saying, "Why would you just trade astronauts to drill? become oil drillers <laughs> instead of oil <laughs> drillers to become astronauts?" And then I think Michael Bay is just like, "Shut the fuck up!" And he's like, "All right." I don't remember what Michael Bay's response. That's was. what is. Was, that's what I told Chase's response was. Yeah, um, but it's basically fuck off, and that Affleck's like, "Fair enough." I also watched uh, Stargate, and I really enjoyed Stargate. I don't know why. What I just watched recently. Yes, um, you 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 scored this movie, so I'm guessing. Okay. Yes, I thought it was awesome, dude. I loved. I thought the beginning was really really good, and it kind of teetered out, but towards the end. But yes, 
It gave me major mummy vibes, I remember. Dude, it um, was just the idea of like, well, what if aliens did come back then? And it's like, and then they leave a Stargate. And then it's like a whole nother like fake history going on. I loved it. I loved it's, it. It's one of my favorite combos too of, oh, it's a Roland Emmerich. Um, Roland you watched two Roland, Roland Emmerichs. You said the day after tomorrow yeah. as well. But, uh. It's one of my favorite combos too of like James Spader is like the nerdy like ah oh, my glasses I got I have these papers that are rolled up and if I unfold them I can tell you what's going on with the Stargate and then Kurt Russell's just like I don't fucking care like he's yeah, just the badass just, like rough guy and I, I love that combo of characters in movies I feel like it's a cliche but it's great but uh, yeah so that's all I've been watching um. I've watched a lot of movies since last time, but I don't want to have to say all of them, but I've actually watched, like, some really, really good movies. Uh, so, I'm like, I do want to mention most of them. Um, the lowest I think I'm going to mention that I ranked is uh, Family Business that was on the the list of heist movies yes, I haven't it seen. Was. Um, it's a Sidney Lumet movie. Uh, who love, also did Dog him. Day Afternoon. Um, it is Matthew Roderick, Sean Connery, and Dustin Hoffman in the most unlikely family ever. Like, I don't know in what world Dustin Hoffman is yeah. is, the, is the son of Sean Connery, but it's it works somehow. And then Matthew Broderick is Dustin Hoffman's son. So it's like a three-generational crime movie where Sean Connery is a criminal and he raised Dustin Hoffman in his criminal ways, but Dustin Hoffman has since gone straight, and he's just trying to raise Matthew Broderick well, but Matthew Broderick just dropped out of college and starts to hook up, like, like meet with Sean Connery about a potential heist. And um, it was really fucking good until I think it just petered out towards the end after the heist happens. Um, and I didn't think the heist was central enough to the movie to be on our list. Yeah. But I do recommend this purely for watching three great actors from three generations, different generations act together. Um, I got a lot of, uh, bottle rocket vibes off of it. Okay. Uh, which I, I guess oh, I, I forgot that that movie could be considered a heist movie as well. Um, but yes, highly recommend that. Um, then I watched a William Freakin movie um, called um, To Live and Die in L.A. And it was awesome. It's It was really, really gritty, like great 70s is it the 70s no 85 but it felt like the 70s uh it's william peterson who is i don't know if you know that guy he's uh the dad in fear um he's in one like csi something that's where he's been is trying to track down a counterfeiter played by willem dafoe um and it's like one of the earlier willem dafoe's i've ever seen and he's just a madman in it and really enjoyed it highly recommend it Comparable to what? Um, comparable to... You gave it a four and a half. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Comparable, comparable... to... I don't know. Um, 
kind of French connection-y. Um, okay. Which is also freaking, which is weird. I didn't think about that, but um, but had a French connection vibe. Um, and then I watched another freaking movie, freaking movie. You didn't watch um, another freaking movie? Called Cruising with Al Pacino, who um, plays a cop who's going undercover in, like, the gay night nightclub scene of the 80s because there's a serial killer going around targeting gay men and so Pacino like goes undercover cruising is a term for like walking around and picking up a guy like going to nightclubs and like you know knowing the methods or whatever right right um, right 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 and it was awesome um i mentioned this during the exorcist episode but um the guy who's doing the uh procedure on Reagan in that movie um later on in life becomes a killer. He like brutally kills a bunch of people and freaking became obsessed with why would he do that and that's what led him to make this movie. Um but it was really good. Uh and maybe one of the most ambiguous endings I've ever seen next to inception even though i have my own thoughts on how inception ended but um this has a frustratingly ambiguous ending uh that i like but also don't like um and then i just want to get to these two korean movies that i watched uh shoplifters which is just a really really awesome movie it's on amazon prime i think um, I think it was nominated or maybe even won Best Foreign Picture a couple of years ago. Um, but it's just like a movie about an unconventional family, I guess we'll say, and they're petty criminals. Um, and then I watched a movie by the same director that's in theaters now uh, called Broker, which I also really, really highly recommend. I How is Fear? Four and a half. Beer's good. I've seen that movie mostly, but I've never seen it unedited. Start yeah, because I, I think we even have talked about it, but you said the same thing. You said you'd never watch it all the way through. You, uh, let me see. What, would you give it? Three and a half. Okay, okay. Because that's, that's one that's um, on my radar. So I just um, wondered. Bringing Up Baby is another classic that I watched that my dad has been telling me to watch forever. It's from 1938. Um, you watched The Invitation. Watched that last yeah. time. Yeah, it's I thought eh. that. It's just, oh, Chase, like, that was all right. I think my parents liked it a lot more than I did, so I gave it a three star. But I think that it was intriguing, and then I thought the ending was kind of stupid. It like, kind of just not think fell of off. Very rushed. Yeah. And when I told um, when Chase was asking me, ready or not, is what I thought of. Is that what oh, well, well, no, Chase asked me. He's like, "Have you seen the invitation?" And I was like, "With Logan Marshall Green." Oh yes, the better invitation. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. Movie's, that movie's phenomenal. I highly yeah, recommend that. Yeah, watch that. Um, and but the the one that I absolutely like, if you don't watch any of these movies that I just rambled about, the one that I absolutely recommend is Emergency. It's also on Amazon Prime, and like God, dude, it was. It's funny. It's tense, and it made me cry. It's basically about. Um, two college students who are trying to like achieve a legendary night of partying right before like the year ends and they're either ending college or going to grad school. Um, and at the beginning of their night, 
they find in their house that they share with another kid, they find a passed out white girl and they are both black and they are basically freaking out. Yeah. They're like, do we call the police or like, what the fuck do we do right now? This looks really bad because the police are going to come and see two black guys with a passed out white girl. And they don't make what could be conceived as the best decision from there. Like instead of calling, it's just like they try to bring her to the hospital and it's just the entire movie is nonstop tenseness of like, is this the right decision? Is this the right decision? And it's like, it's like super bad if the characters were black and couldn't get away with the shit that they get. Like they're partying and shooting guns with the cops. It's super bad. This is like the opposite version of that. But there are so much similarities between this and super bad. And I think it's hard to tell a story nowadays about race and police brutality. Um, and this movie like finesses it so well, I think. I don't know why it's not a bigger deal to be honest. Cause it's just like, it, it seriously had me bawling at the end. And it wasn't because of, I mean, it, it partially had to do with racial stuff, but it, it was like one of the best movies on friendship that I've seen in a really long time. Um, and I just, yeah, can't recommend this movie more. I gave it a four and a half, probably could have given it a five to be honest. Um, but yes, emergency highly recommend. Great cast, great acting. Steven. Okay. Um, well, I, I I wrote down a couple of those, uh, especially the living to die in L.A. and emergency. Those are two. I pirated yeah. that, by the way. It's not on anything. Um, I didn't pirate that. What am I saying? I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> a big uh, a big deal for me is uh, I completed my 365, um, and it's something I wanted to do. Uh, Congratulations! I, I, I was I was happy to see that list. Yeah, that and number. yes, and so um, the last now you're movie, 17 days behind of this year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, some uh, a movie I wanted to bring up. There's three I wanted to mention that were that kind of rounded off my at, at the end of that list. Uh, my our idiot brother. Uh, starring, uh, it's yeah, directed by Ruhal, Jesse or uh, uh, with Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Uh, but it has a good, it's got a good cast. Paul Rudd, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks, Zoe Deschanel. Um, you have uh, Catherine Hans also in it. Uh, T.J. Miller, who I don't like. Um, Adam Scott. I though, like T.J. Miller. I just don't like him as a person. As yeah, a that's person. what I meant to say. I don't yes. think he'll ever appear any ever again. But me neither. This our idiot brother. I saw that in Sundance, and it was one of the first times I ever saw T.J. Miller. And that ending conversation about like candles, I think it is, is hilarious. Like I don't know. Did you like it? Yeah, I love that movie. I, yeah, at the time. So, I haven't revisited it, so I don't know how it holds up. But um, but yeah, there's something I realized last year, and that is that uh, Paul Rudd has a lot of indie movies. That you should watch. Yeah, okay. I you love Paul Rudd. Check out Prince like, Avalanche uh, is a really yeah, good one. There's the one, uh, the what is it, the uh, Chase? What is it, the Fundamentals of Happiness? Yeah, where he's he's a caretaker for a kid in a wheelchair. 
You know, have yeah. you seen that movie? Yeah. Like, it's just like, that's another one. That one, like, like big tearjerker made me, uh, made me cry, but like fundamentals Paul Rudd, of caring, fundamentals, fundamentals of caring, of caring. Yeah. fundamentals of caring. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I recommend our idiot brother, another charming, like Paul Rudd kind of playing an idiot. Cause our idiot brother, the title is, is referencing Paul Rudd, but, uh, very enjoyable film. I'm glad that was my last one. Uh, on that list, but uh, also ones that I watched around it that are that are kind of interesting to to mention is Chase and I watched Tar, Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett, uh, Oscar. I'm I'm assuming is going to be an Oscar nominee for she's going to be an Oscar nominated for Best Actress. I think that movie might be. She did really good for it. It's just that it might be nominated for best picture. Definitely been an yeah, an award season. Yeah. Movie. So did you see it, Dave? Uh uh-uh. uh. Um underwhelmed. Um Yeah. Chase and I watched it and we're like we're like, we liked it. We're like, yeah, like uh really good cinematography, acting is like phenomenal. Like uh, a message lot of the theater scenes are really cool. Message, message was very in. message is blurry. Um, it's not blurry. It's just how I uh, feel about the uh, message makes I me say, feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause so like it, it, stop listening for a second. If you don't want to hit, hear spoilers, but Dave, there's a lot I don't of, I want to hear spoilers. Then oh, don't wait, say it. You want to watch it? Yeah. Okay, I won't say yeah. it. I won't say it then, but there's, it sounds like you guys feel like how I felt with whale. Like, the whale. Just okay. Like, I, I thought it's it looked blurry... good. I thought it was well acted. I, I just didn't like, message or i don't know if i like i don't chase and i are both like at the end of it chase and i think uh, maybe had different perspectives on the film but we both had the same question what were they trying to say Mm -hmm. what do you because both of us were like if you're trying to say this i don't know if i agree with you and if you're trying (laughs) to say this I still like, don't agree with you. I don't still yeah. don't know if I agree with I, you. I'm always and it's iffy like, too with movie messaging because it's like, well, like I yeah, don't, I don't really care what any movie is trying to say. You know, I'm you right. Watch, it gets but, my emotions going, but, but you sometimes watch Heat Dave, and you're like, if, what are they trying to say? Bank robbers or well, yeah? No. But this yeah, but this Dave, movie in particular, yeah, it, it in does a, something that you're just like, whoa, okay. whoa. Okay, like all right, I see what Dave's trying to say, but Dave, I think in a drama. It's different when a drama is like when you're when the critique is when all right. So sometimes if you watch an like Oscar nominated movie and you didn't like it, uh, a critic will say well, it's because you didn't understand the message. Well, yeah. sometimes sometimes I do understand the message and I don't like it. So it's yeah. like uh, I That's do what think like that- I kept saying to Zach over and over when he was just because Zach. Zach like would not let go of my whale Your review. Whale. Like, Dude, he's asked me right. a money time. He's and, like, what, what is Dave's saying problem? to him? Like, I was like, Zach, I get it. Trust me. Like, I get that that was the point or whatever. Like, but but I just don't like out on board with it. Yeah. Like, okay. And I get that. So that's that's me for tar. Now I'll move on past that. Um, Law Abiding Citizen uh, was my 364th movie. You seen it? No. My sister has always told me why. Just, You've mentioned okay, it in so, the podcast already today. Uh, yeah, so a movie yeah. that I guess, I guess, uh, Dave, I thought it was like a discount. It looked to me like a discount, like Inside Man, or like a uh, just like never interests me. And then this guy, this Jay at workshop, Jay again, um, 
he's like, uh, I was like, man, I'm, I'm really struggling with like my last couple movies, but I've got plenty of time, but I just want to watch something worth watching. Give me something worth watching that it's like a guaranteed fun action film. And, uh, he's like law abiding citizen. And I was like, really? And I was like, cause that's just a movie I've always glanced past. Like, I was like, I don't want to watch this like law abiding citizen. Like I doesn't watch it. That movie is first off, uh, that movie was, uh, I didn't know this. It struggled with the MPAA to get an R rating. It was borderline NC 17 because some of the scenes in that movie are comparable to like saw. And, yeah, and yeah. I'm dude. like, and it is, that is accurate. Uh, that was what I was told. Like, Jay was like, there's some scenes in that movie that are going to make you, like, you're going to wince. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I got some pretty tough skin. I've seen a lot of really messed up movies. And he's like, all right, I watch it. And I watched it, and I was like, you're right. Like, there is some, <laughs> there is some cringy scenes. Like, and uh, I also like the plot. The plot is just super interesting. And, uh, you're, I think it grabs you right away and you're on board pretty much right away. Uh, I gave it three and a half, but it's borderline a four. I guess this this is going back in the letterbox like argument. I mean, where I like Gary Butler's a lot and I don't yeah. doubt that I'll enjoy it. Was and it on Netflix? It's, it's like, on I keep, HB, it's HBO. It's, it's on HBO. HBO. And Jamie Foxx is also phenomenal. You'll like, like that movie, dude. Yeah, I think I've, you'll like I've it. I've been just hovering over uh, Gamer like for like, Oh, that's horrible. Don't now. watch it. It's horrible. It's like, horrible. I watch it. Watch Law by the Citizen first. Gamer's terrible. Oh my uh, God. All right, so this kid I worked with um, who, it, it's so tough when you find this out. But I talked to him so much about movies, and I realized, I'm like, shit, this guy has incredible, like, encyclopedic knowledge of movies. Like, he probably knows more films than I do. Um, like, to for reference, his his, his letterbox has 3,415 logs. Jeez, oh, my geez. God. He also has 3,000 followers on letterbox. Jesus oh, Christ. I guess he has his followers as he does entries. Um, but he is so fucking harsh on everything, and it kills me because I'm like, dude, do you really not like whatever? Like, I don't know. He's just like such a stinker. Like, he's like, the Fablemans. He gave it, two stars. That's not it, a two star movie. Independence Day, half a star. Four star. Well, <laughs> like, gamer, four stars is what is shocking. <laughs> that's, that's, nah, nah, Dave, um, you'll watch that movie and I don't think you'll give it four stars. But uh, <laughs> the last thing I want to mention that I've been watching is uh, 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 I, I I told Chase, I, I, I want to mention this to you, Dave, because I don't know if you experienced it, but uh, ever since I ended the list, I'm like, I feel lost. Like, what Dude. am I supposed to do now? <laughs> like, do I just rewatch movies? Do I start a new list? Do I watch? Start again, do I baby. Do, do what Dave does and just like, like, I can't, I, I don't want to do a three, six, five. Now I, and I proposed an idea to chase and I was like, all right. So we've had 12 decades of movies. What if I watched every month, 10 movies from every decade? So you go, mm-hmm. 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 1000s, 10s, 20s, and you watch 10 movies you haven't seen from every decade. Which I don't Which would that. work this year, uh, but, like, you wouldn't be able to do it for 13, but you'd be able to do it for all the years prior. Um, so that's an idea. Uh, I but like I also, like... Have, you would just have, like, two rough decades, like 20 movies worth of 
I don't know. The 30s are probably fine, but like right. I, I see what you're saying. Like, I think the 1910s would be rough. Like, yeah, it'd be 20s like finding, and 10s would probably. Yeah, be. but uh, also I'd have the benefit of those movies being uh, significantly shorter. Yeah, that is they're true. probably like an hour and five minutes, an hour and ten minutes, and it, whatever. They're probably but, an hour. Um, yeah. Um, what? But what I I, I I wanted to do something, and I was like, okay, well, something I set out to do was like finish TV shows that I need to finish, and oh. so I'm like, maybe this year is that year, and it's like Breaking Bad. I haven't finished it. Need to finish that. Uh, the Twilight Zone is what I'm currently on, though. Um, I got that as a gift from my mom and dad two Christmases ago, and I started watching it. I got like 30 episodes in, and so I just picked it up again And uh, last night, and I've watched like three episodes since, and I'm back on that train of just like the Twilight Zone is one of the greatest television shows of all time. Um, Twilight it's just, Zone. Thank you. Yeah, I think it, it's a perfect thing to watch in, in uh spark your creativity for writing oh my gosh yes and then uh just what it's influence and then uh it's the same uh which i, I showed chase a bit of this feature last night it's the same uh, I, did i give that to you dave once for christmas you gave or me something? the twilight zone yeah yes yes so what's cool about that that pack that i gave you some great box sets <laughs> yeah box sets are great i also just love box sets that box set in particular I showed chases, but almost every single, it's 156 episodes. Almost every episode, when you click on the episode, has a special feature. That's it's either crazy. like, it's either like the ad that ran before it. So you get to watch like a 1956 ad for like Crest toothpaste. And you're like, whoa, this is an old ass ad. Or you get to watch a commentary for the episode, which those are a little more rare. Mm. Or you get to see like, uh, you know, production notes or like behind this, the behind the scenes stills for every episode, there's a special feature. So, um, but yeah, it's cool. I've been revisiting that, but twilight zone, just it's every time I watch an episode, I'm like, this is like for its time, but also rewatching it. It's a good, like you're falling asleep on the couch. You're like, I want to watch something that's like, if I miss it, it's not all that important. You watch it, you slap on an episode of the twilight zone and it like wakes me back up. I don't know, Mike. I'm like, I'm interested in this episode. But, yeah, that's all I've been watching lately. Um, one more thing that I super highly recommend, and I'm so happy that I'm not saying the opposite, but uh, The Last of Us. Oh, great. Fucking great. Incredible. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, Loved really it. Incredible. I'm so yeah, excited. Really incredible. Uh, um not even a big fan of the, not even a big fan of the game because I didn't play it that much, Dave, and I was still like, this is... Well, that's Incredible. what's important to me is that I easily see it passing as a as a non-game player. Like, you'll enjoy it, which I think, like, I don't know. Not a ton of people have PlayStations over Xboxes. So, like, right off the bat, like, I think half of, like, the audience is not never played the game or whatever. Um, and I think it satisfies on both levels. Like, it's good standalone, and I think it is a perfect, perfect, perfect so far uh, uh recreation of the yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I i agree would i agree that. dave i agree i don't i i will say this right now to our, our listeners you do not you do not need to be a avid gamer or a fan of the game to enjoy the show you watch that first yeah. episode but i think it 
I will even it, say, it, yeah, as it'll, someone it'll who is, it will yeah. help you. It will help yeah, as well. So both, it's still so, something new. It still it's adds something I think. new. Yeah. Yes. yeah, absolutely. I, got, I think it, it's like if you had no previous knowledge. Well, so, unless this is in, there's a spinoff or not a spinoff. It was like a DLC of the first game. Um, that is Ellie's character, like a side story that I can already tell from future trailers that. Is, gonna is be going in to it, be yes. in the show. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should play that before I watch. But as far as I know, this has nothing to do with that side story. But that's the only content from the f- two games that I haven't played. Um, the beginning has nothing to do with either of the games, correct? No, the beginning is literally the beginning yeah, of the yeah, game. Because like, it's no, like a, did, no, 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 no. The actual beginning with... Uh, oh, the, it's like in in the seventies, oh, and they're no, on a talk show. No, that is that is I, different. I think that was a perfect example of um, like we're gonna draw an audience in whether they're here for the game or, or not. not, and that and that intro is like so creepy and like I don't know, it, it was really well done. I thought, um, but yeah, you're right. Everything. Most it, like some of the stuff is shot for shot from the video game, and they captured the absolute terror and sadness that happens in the first half the, hour of that game. Yeah, um, so well. It's it, like it's, it's like I I've always thought after I've played The Last of Us, the first one, like six times. Um, I've always thought the beginning of the game which is like maybe the first half hour to 40 minutes where you're mostly just walking around and not getting into that much action but then like the terror starts happening and i've always been like this right here could sell a movie like show this to someone they're like this is more than a video game this plot is riveting like i would love to watch this and not even have to play it and that's kind of what the show is i agree to that and it might even uh, boost the popularity, which the game is already massively popular. But like, it might even boost the the playing of the game for those. Yeah, that, I'm not gonna I lie. Know. I kind of just I, I want to play the game again. I, I have am an, really uh, tempted. An updated version of it for PS5. It's been remastered, and I'm gonna uh, dig into that. Probably while something, the show's still on. Something I hope this brings, and it's because uh, you know we haven't had much se- success until I'd say recently, where you're having a little bit more success with like Detective video Pikachu. Games. Yeah, yeah, like video game adaptations um, have notoriously been terrible, mm-hmm. like historically, um, dating back to the '90s, late '80s is when they started doing it, and it's just like historically, it's been terrible. They've they've been made fun of. They're cheesy. They're terrible, but. Uh, there are video games out there with really, like Dave said, really riveting plots that if you put it into the right hands, and I saw a meme today where it was like, uh, it was uh, it was a Simpsons meme, but it was, I think it was Homer like smacking Bart and it was, it had HBO above his hand, above his head and The Last of Us. And then the caption was like, this is how you do a video game adaptation. He was smacking Netflix and it said Resident Evil, um, <laughs> which I, um, but it's, well, it's I, like, you know what I would love like, to slap is whoever did the Uncharted movie. Cause like, I thought that movie was whatever. Passable, passable. Like, I didn't hate it yeah. at all, but I also like, I probably won't see it again and I don't have any interest in the future for it. But, uh, they are the same company, Naughty Dog, makes Uncharted that makes The Last of Us. 
and they're both really, really good at telling stories in a video game narrative. And I wish that Uncharted had a, a better treatment. Right. Well, there's one that I'm really, really interested in is Far Cry. If they ever do mm. a Far Cry adaptation, I think that, because I was a fan of, I'm a big fan of Far Cry. And I think that would be a crazy adaptation. But this does give me hope for the, uh, and I love it uh, because yeah. there is the Witcher kind of helped things along. Yeah, too. that too. I mean, technically, that's a book adaptation, but and uh, I mean, we're essentially on the same team. Like we went to school with a lot of kids that were studying, you know, video, video game and yeah. like video game narrative and video game art. So it's it's cool to see that like we know that just as much hard work and like writing the narrative story of a video game is just as difficult as writing a script for a TV show or for a movie. So to see them like get the proper adaptation, like this is gives me hope for the future. Like, okay, like we can, we can adapt video game narratives into film. It's possible. A a super high bar, I guess, as we were just discussing, but it is in my opinion, hands down the best uh, I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, this is only episode one, so let's hope it sticks with it. But, right, um, right, right. But, but I, I'm, a, I'm still, yeah, it, it landing definitely at least stuck. for yeah. first, first, yeah. So, uh, right. we have an Instagram, but you can also check us out on Instagram. Even though we, uh, it's, I screwed it up. I'm sorry. We have, a yeah. we have a podcast, but we also have an Instagram. You can check us out at Podcorn in a Movie on Instagram, where we post stuff. Uh, I'm really excited for this month, guys. We, like, we have a podcast. Series. Oh, yeah, we have, we have, we have an 1899 yeah. podcast that... Yeah, look at the egg on our face. Yeah, yeah. If you want to if you want to watch a show... Yeah, if you want to watch a show and listen to people try to make sense of it, now that we what won't have answers... Hey, look, <laughs> look we're, get, we're trying to make sense of the first season and, and, and the, uh, the slight hope that maybe somebody picks it up for a second season. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, knock, somebody. Knock on wood. Uh, yeah. Which I, far off I, did, I did see something funny that someone said, and it was... Uh, what was it? It was, it was a meme of, of the cancellation, and it says, wow, I guess... Things that will be lost will always be forgotten. You will never be found. <laughs> what is lost will o- will never be will found. never be um, found, uh, <laughs> which is sad. Uh, but uh, you can check us out there. We also have a dark podcast. If you watch the show Dark on Netflix, uh, you can check us out. Uh, I think it was called uh, "The Beginning hey. Is the End," a dark podcast. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate Always. all of you, uh, and we're excited to go through this month of heist movies. So, yeah, yeah. So we this will mini series. It's gonna span. It might span months, months. We yeah, it should be a month be or two. In a new state by the time we finish. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's true. So uh, we'll see you guys next time. Anything else you guys want to say before we go? No. Thank you for listening. All right. Bye, guys. Goodbye.